so we're uh, just getting another episode together here. Syllabus journal entry, right? This, this is another another entry here. I'll have to look over and see which 24, which 25, which one are we on here? And really we have to, I've been doing a lot of just commentary, I guess, where I just get on there and run Steve Bannon or somebody and just say, you know, or, and talk about the political analysis. And, and America is in a centerpiece in the world. We're in the, we're on the main stage and we have to consider what's taking place. The source of our strength is simply that we have the ability to be so well educated and to, to come to a consensus, to, to come to a final resolution uniformly throughout our, our population about what's good, what's right, what's truth, what's wrong. what's And so there's all this ridiculous and almost stunning and diabolical political ideology, this demagoguery, this artful and satanic use of deception at will in order to just try to manipulate the media, try to manipulate your supporters, try to manipulate testimony in court, right? These people are paralyzed by the truth. Let's just put it out there. Let's just face it. And ultimately, we can't see anymore how it can really even breathe, like believe or take seriously a single word they say, right? And, and of course, this whole process of breaking down the January 6th, all these years later, finally, the, the, the information finally comes out. And now we can finally see all the people that were harmed, all the things that were done to start the riot and, and to begin to instantiate the insurrection that Nancy Pelosi and her Capitol Police bastard right not all cops are bastards but the capitol police cops are bastards guys let's just face it i'm not afraid to say it and they're like some kind of like little mini intelligence agency branch and then they can just go straight to hell and they're a bunch of hyper political little fascist little fucking neo-nazi fuck fuck gestapo of the deep state right they're just bootlickers of nancy pelosi and they of course they would get all their little relatives in there pretty soon they'll they'll have some they'll have muslims and palestinians and hamas members all working up in there the capital city police right makes sense but today we got to get back on track i know i I go i go totally um on tilt sometimes with this political stuff but we have to get back on to what is really our our main forte here and we're really focused on getting to the bottom of so many interesting things out there that will otherwise not be said or not discussed enough or just put into some news article somewhere tucked away in page 11 where you just you'll never see it and so we have to do our our best to expose things that are crucially affecting our way of life and, and our lives here in America and our the world, the geopolitics of planet Earth, right? Being affected by some of the stratagems and planning of some of these think tanks and wealthy billionaire individuals, right? And so in this particular case, we want to begin to discuss now this whole exposure of the Operation Mockingbird, right? Operation Mockingbird. So, and we've done as much as we can to very often try to pull back the curtains, right? And unveil, if you will, the the machinations and some of the things that have been going on. So it's good to look back and see what the CIA has been doing in America and with American media. Which, and this is another one. These guys should not even, they should just no longer exist, right? We should just go ahead and go ahead and develop a pro-American integrated intelligence services, 
right? IIS. There you go. Integrated Intelligence Services. And we would just go ahead and do away. We just take over with whatever the CIA has done well. We'll just have to go ahead and carry that on. And whatever whatever corruption and sick over all these years, right? All the, the gangrenous. There you go. The, the, the pustules and this, the smelly, stinking, rotting corpses. And skull, but, you know, whatever these guys have been doing that we need to amputate off. Let's just amputate it off. Like we don't need like to do the FBI. Absolutely illegitimate, unlawful, antagonist and criminals, right? Talk about transnational criminal organization. The FBI is the most dangerous threat to the American people in American history. Let's just face it. And they're trying to like go ahead and tag us, you know, with their threat tags, always threat tag us with all kind of homegrown terrorists, whatever, right? They're, they're trying to bring us down, criminalize us, the American people for whatever our particular brand of political persuasion may be. They are to be out of that. They, they should have no business poking their noses into the politics of the American people. But, I mean, the FBI has been trying to put its thumb on the scale of politics. I I guess you have to monitor for riots, you have to do things, but when you're being co-opted by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the Capitol Police, who opened the doors, pushed old ladies downstairs backwards, beat the hell out of people, clubs a girl to death, shot another girl in the face, who was actually a really incredible American hero. Ashley Babbitt, right? Let her name never be. Everyone take a drink. Let her let her name never be forgotten from the annals of American history here in the struggle against this deep state tyranny. And so, in order to understand what they could possibly be up to now, and, and how deep their little tendrils of the surveillance state go down into our lives, even to us now, you know, you know, recording everything that we do and say, and even if you were even to go anywhere near this podcast, right? and hear anything that we had to say, you would have to um, you'd have to be tagged as a threat to the state, guys. An enemy of the state, right? You don't go along with believing that Joe Biden is not a pedophile and that, you know, the, the Epstein Island never really existed. It was all just a conspiracy theory, right? And Obama is really not a sick pedophile scumbag in the background crackhead, right? In the background controlling and manipulating events in the background. Teamed up with the World Economic Forum. Teamed up with these globalists, right? In every way, in every facet. You gotta go back and see what we've been able to uncover and what we, we're able to see now. We did the documentation and the files. Would If you go back in time, of course, these these operations of the Central Intelligence Agency in manipulating into the affairs of the media kind of set the stage for what's happening now and how we have this kind of what they call the corporate cartel media or everyone has kind of a way of understanding and accounting for the built-in systematic bias and really prejudice pro-Rockefeller, pro-communist, pro-leftists, pro, you know, anti-American kind of prejudice. And of course, then we get into the big tech, social media, traders, right, in Silicon Valley, wherever they might be, who are ultimately just shaping their software tools as weaponry against the, the people, especially in China. Imagine the CCP just using all this stratospheric information innovation, right, information science, the development of these computer systems are being used to enslave the Chinese people, enslave the Uyghurs in their little camps. It's being used to vet out the people in the populace who are dissidents. So this isn't some kind of wonderful age of helping the world to be a better place with Apple products, right? right? It's, it's, a, it's a farce. It's a lot. These are evil corporations, and they're doing nothing but bring harm, tyranny, and human misery everywhere they go as they make their billions, right? From the so iPhones, in their sweatshops, right? People are 
are paid a pittance so that these Tim Cook cucks, right? All these sycophants, worshippers of Federal Reserve notes, right? They can get, they can continue to be billionaires and wealthy elites on the, the blood and sweat and the backs of foreign labor, foreign slave labor, right? You know the, the labor there, they, they can't go and stay what they really think. They can't get on their whatever smart devices they have and just get on there and chat what they really want, what they really, what the real ideas, what the real aspirations for the future are, what their real disappointments are, what their real concerns are about the government, right? They, they don't get to think or do any of that. They get to just sit there and work day after day, slave away, to build the crucial link in the chain for Apple to make billions, to make a $200 product into an $1,800 product, and ship it over here, and then you can all you cunts all just use it without uh, without thinking what the moral consequences are. It's the same thing back in the day with slavery. Everyone wanted to get their sugar and their tea, right? And out there somewhere was just some slave Negro whipped and driven to you know a fraction of his life, you know, expectancy with no hope for a family or any kind of future, right? It was horrible. Everyone came to know that later. But at the time, before people's moral compulsions or compunctions, what have you, were challenged, they just go ahead and uh, have the slave sugar. Keep it going, right? Keep purchasing. Keep, keep, keep the necessity of the enslavement of the, of the bond man in place for our, for our ease and for our amusement and for our, uh, our convenience. So my Apple for iPhone, I can have it. I love it. Oh, it's... And then over there just keeps the chain of, of enslavement in place. Okay. But let, let me digress here, right? We're going to go ahead and just take a closer look. And we're going to go and find that the media is ultimately a weapon of the deep state and of the, the power structure that's situated at the center of our horrifying Washington, D.C. swamp that has its hand on the, the debt servitude of our children with this Federal Reserve borrowing and they're just wholesale stealing and stealing. Everyone knows about Ukraine, how horrifying their, their theft and all their stealing hand over fist. <laughs> Every colonel in the Ukraine military has got a million dollar yacht now over in, over in France or somewhere, right? So how do we get to this point where our media is so disgustingly controlled like a mouthpiece? And how did we allow, get to this point where we allowed our intelligence agencies to become overruling masters and arbiters of America's destiny and fate? So let's challenge that. Let's do our duty as Americans, step into the breach, and begin to call out those who are adversaries against our very republic and the constitution by which they swore themselves an oath and got in there and became sycophantic Obama worshippers or whatever, whatever whatever takes place behind the scenes whatever cajoling or ego stroking or uh, buying outright or the, the islands with all the underage children or whatever it takes right whatever Illuminati blackmailing tactics take place all, it just the corruption just ensues over time it unfolds and it develops these these poor uh, individuals I want to say the name it reminds me of the 50 uh, intelligence supposed heroes and that signed the letter against Trump. I mean, all of them need to be totally investigated and, and shook down, and and their security clearances stripped, and their weapons taken. Just, you know, you know what I mean. They're just a danger to American society. Traitors. I don't know how they look at themselves in the mirror. I guess they they think they're part of a deeper cause that the American people just can't understand. Whatever. They need to be stripped down. You need to just go and just tri- strip their rank right off their shoulder, right? Bust them down. Tear it right off. Leave them there with tear spots all over their their oh, what there was their uniform. Now they're they're booted out. Whatever intelligence service they're in. Whatever whatever. Kind of side agency. We need to root out these individuals who are helping 
America's enemies, foreign and domestic, and we just do what we have to do. That's what did this time with with Trump. Apparently, they were not able to successfully execute their deep state coup against Trump and get him taken off the ballot. And apparently, these uh, these charges are not working. The process of charging the man and sending him up to prison—I guess that's not going to happen. So they're going to have to go back, you know, and do something about this election. You can see, oh, the kids are all coughing in China. Oh, <laughs> the coup—it's back, right? So everyone has to be concerned now. Who who knows what the World Health Organization will do? Will will it uh, will it create its World Health Organization imperium in time with its total uh, World Health dictatorship over over the rest of the world? Will will be able to do it in time for the election to stop Trump? Right. That's what it all comes down to. So in order to explore this and see how the American people have been so programmed and so de-intellectualized into this kind of pseudo-pablum of weird narrative talking points and argumentative, weird debating, constant dialectical, political antagonism at all times, right? So that antagonism at all times, as you can ultimately come to see, is something that's going to be the deterioration and not the strength of American democracy. It's the deterioration American democracy, if we cannot, as a people, come together and come to kind of some kind of salient, cohesive consensus about what reality and what the truth actually is that's going on. Is what is going on with Donald Trump, what they're doing to that man, whether you like him or not, is that fair or is it not fair? That's the, that's the question we need to ask. You can not like him all you want. I don't like Joe Biden, but I'm not for railroading him into prison uh, just not made on some made-up fiction. Okay, you know why? That's not because I, I care about Joe Biden. It's because I care about my American judiciary. I care about the, the jurisprudence and the, the process of making sure that the judicial process and by which Americans have a right to a fair trial is protected. Am I here to abuse that process just to get points and, and take out my, my enemies? My enemies are taking themselves out. I don't need to cheat. I don't need to manipulate the judiciary or to pull little stunts to try to win or to have a fake... A fake, uh, fake COVID-19 outbreak, which just completely manipulated the whole process by which we do ballots and created weird emergency powers and weird little fiefdoms all over the place where social media companies were taking, take, almost taking over election processes wholesale. No, we have, as the American people have to ask these questions. We have to challenge. We have to push back. We have to do our level best to be ready to resist because these people are going to try to, they're not doing all this work and committing all these this treason right which was made so obvious by hunter biden's laptop what a crackhead that guy is once a crackhead like that right he's always in the background creeping in the white house with leave a leave a bag of crack in the coat room or something right these people are disgusting you gotta throw them the fuck out of there and that's the way the story ends and as you can see we the Hillary Clinton, look at her villainous, disgusting face. Even with Obama coming out, standing there with Fauci, looking like some kind of like cyborg, wearing all black, talking about the kids. Did you see that? Did you see that video clip? There's Obama talking about the kids. He had millions of kids. We're really, really worried about the kids. We need to make sure all the kids are vaccinated with the kids' vaccine shot for the kids, right? It's disgusting. These people are disgusting. They're out in the open. It's very obvious and plain to see. If you just have the courage to look at it for what it is, what's going on? So it's us or them, guys. They're going to do their best to use whatever little leverage they have left in the United States government to try to somehow shit-can us all for a mean, get us thrown in prison, right? get our livelihoods and our families ruined, destroy our economy, destroy our money. 
destroy our farms. Or is that what Bill Gates is working on right now? You can thank him for everything bad that happens to America's family farms throughout the United, the United States. Old evil troll Gates. What a freak. Look at him. He's not aging well. I don't know what all that pedophilia and all that Epstein Island stuff was all about, right? What was it all for? Right? You're, you're low T, man. You're low testosterone already. I mean, what did, what did you do? That's as good as, you, know, you can't be intimate with a real adult, right? You're sick. You're also sick. I hope that we find a way. I hope the Lord God in heaven empowers us to find a way to take you all out. And so let's do that in this upcoming election. We're going to take them out. We're not going to allow them to say that we can't have an election to take them out. We're not going to allow them to tell us that we can't have a, a process, but we're going to vote them out. And they're not going to let them shut this shit down, right? We're going to, this Trump train is on the move. If he's the vehicle, if he's the guy, then let's, let's go ahead and coalesce behind him. And he's, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be all of our, the guy for all of us, for you, for me. And let's not forget our victory. Let's not forget how Roe versus Wade is gone. I mean, did you ever think you would get to see it in your lifetime? I mean, we've been on a tremendous, we've had some setbacks, but that's because this is a tremendous battle. It's now time for us to just take it to the next level. And, and, and this is going to be so crucial to see how Google is a kind of modern social media, a modern publisher, a modern arbiter of truth uh, in our times, how it's being used to manipulate the truth and manipulate what we believe about the truth and how we perceive elections and, and you know it's trying to capitalize and, and build bias right it's it's all up in our in our business and in, in the in american politics we ought to get rid of google out of the sphere of american politics by go ahead and just break that break that monopoly up right let some other people take it over and, and it's a threat to american society so that's what we're going to talk about this in this episode, guys. As we have a, a big episode, we're going to go ahead and show you how the Operation Mockingbird era of manipulating and controlling the American mind through the media has went from you know the pages of the print media and the New York Times up to the era of Google and absolute control of the American political process, and we have to confront that. So here I just, I want to take a few minutes to just introduce our first clip here. And it's going to be the Rebecca Roth show. And Rebecca Roth has been a really good, an excellent a champion of the truth and, and, and fighting for different concepts and ideas out there that are, are relegated, uh, de-emphasized and relegated to the fringes, right? Fringe ideas. So you can expect to be deranked and delegitimized and shadow banned, right? And they're just going to turn you down and mute you so that you can't really be part of the, the social expression of humanity on their electronic networks. And so and you can hear it when they, the, the media bias, when they come out and say, these people with their false narratives and their conspiracy theories, and they even say that the last election was stolen. Can you believe it? They, they say that Joe Biden is illegitimate. Can they say that? Can they be allowed to say that out loud? And yeah, we're going to say it out loud. Joe Biden is an illegitimate cheat. He's been a little cheat hack, wonker, little bitch boy his whole life. Look at his degenerate family and his degenerate son. And, you know, there's a lot of questions about what's going on in his family. Is there a female relative in the Biden family that didn't get pounded by Hunter? Right? That's a good question. 
is there any any age 14 year olds 12 year i mean right they you have the whole hunter by the whole biden family saying that they couldn't put crackhead hunter around any of the young girls in the family because he was going to fuck them right that's that's the reality guys this is where we're at so don't, don't tell me he can't say that he didn't win he didn't win he didn't win at all he didn't get those all those millions of votes that was a some kind of like weird deep state operation to take down Donald Trump, right? And, and to just steal his, and we're all on board with everybody in America knows it. Everybody in the world knows it. It's just this sycophant, weaselly, scummy little media worming around trying to convince us all with their rhetoric that we're all crazy, right? They've abused us, murdered us, imprisoned us, right? I was just reading, the people on Twitter are going completely nuts. The weird Antifa Black Lives Matter couple, I guess, partners that went and burned down the Wendy's during their riot, they got they got probation. The guy that moved the fence on January 6th, that w- wiggled the fence, he gets two years. The whole Department of Justice is being weaponized against the American people to let sycophant Obama-worshipping racialists out for free just to go burn and rape loot and pillage at will burn loot and murder i guess that's the correct nomenclature right so the people who are trying to get america back on track and defend the american constitution by doing the right thing which is going to washington dc going to where your government is at and petition them and to protest and show hey look we're here and this is what we want those people real american patriots real american citizens are being destroyed and annihilated with prison cells and all the people that are coming over the border that don't have to wear masks, don't have to get the Pfizer shot, don't have to have social security numbers, are not responsible for the massive debt obligation, which is our money. The debt obligation is our money. And they're freely using it. They're taking jobs. They're sending money, our debt obligation money all overseas. And in the middle of them, using all this chaos to disrupt our, our, our whole entire country and to bring, us, bring America down into some kind of weird slumping collapse, Simultaneously, in this process of having this massive debt, trillions, $33 trillion, Steve Bannon pointed out in his own words that not one single red penny of the debt, of that debt obligation is going to be able to be paid back because it's not humanly possible. So that's where we are as millions of illegal immigrants rush over the border to replace us. And so it's a clean sweep. Of the game board here, guys. And you have to recognize that now you're the colonialist. Well, I, I voted Democrat. It doesn't matter. You're white. Your skin is pale. You're a pale face. So the fact that you voted for Obama or whoever won't save you in this larger contextualization and this larger Marxian narrative that's being descended on you. So you're automatically an American and you've been trying to be a sycophant, like bootlicking liberal and go and side with the cause of the unjust and the, the, the unwashed masses. I'll, I'll, I'll be on their side. Well, no, they're, you're standing closest to them. They're going to grab you first because you're still just an American. You're still having the bourgeoisie benefit of the republic. You're a Republican. You still have the bourgeoisie safety net of the police of the republic protecting you so you're, you're a republican still so you can't be like well i'm a i'm a democratic no you're not it doesn't matter how you voted all that shit is all just brainwashed that was all pablum for the morons so the point is that you know we're, we're trying to point out to you here and we're getting all into this various aspects of this thing is that the the federal government has to be dealt with and just like we were talking to the palestinians in in, in palestine we're like yo palestinians 
Go eat a brick because you know why? You voted for these terrorist government. You are the terrorist government. And now you get to reap the consequences of the people that you put in power. You get to reap all the consequences on yourself as the populace. You don't get to be like separate. Well, we voted for Hamas to be our government and to run our country, but we want to run away and be separate from it. We don't want the, 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 all the calamity that comes with that. No, it comes with it. The same thing is true for America. We voted or allowed these people to steal the election. And some of you actually voted for this deal. You voted in lockstep with Joe Biden as they were stealing it. You didn't have enough votes to win. You knew it. But somehow he pulls out an extra 10 million or whatever votes out of nowhere or 20 or however many, right? How many, how many Republican Trump ballots were destroyed and how many fake Biden ballots? I mean, the whole thing is despoiled. The whole thing is completely a total wreck. There's no, there's no way to recount any votes to get any accurate semblance of what happened there. The truth is the American people know as a living body politic, as a living psychosocial entity that we are, that who we wanted. It's not just based on the perception of the area you're at. America wanted to keep Donald Trump. No one would vote for that sycophant little pig. It didn't matter if Google went and sent out alerts to the Democrats and didn't send out alerts to Republicans. That didn't matter. That wasn't the part. The part, the part is, is they worked in unison to steal it. It didn't matter if they had a bunch of COVID rules that uh, allowed people to stuff ballots. You have these mailboxes where you stuff in all these ballots. They're just like Xeroxed, and you count them all. Count every ballot, every Xeroxed false ballot, count it all. So that that wasn't enough to trick America into thinking that somehow, I guess, we wanted to vote for Biden instead. No, that's that's all us. And now now we're being wrapped up in this distorting and twisting of our democratic process and we the american people are enraged about it but of course we can't go and and take to some kind of wildly outrageous populist move to go up there and rush the buildings and burn the place down or whatever you know that 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 brings us to no solution that just gets us more quickly to what the globalists are trying to accomplish here now we got to carefully painstakingly day after day analyze the circumstances of this. That's why this election has never gone away. Like usually people move on after a few weeks or a few months. They recognize that we've come to a, as a coalition of the American people, we've come to a quorum consensus among us. We've decided that we want to have Bush and not Kerry or Obama and not Romney, right? And we kind of move on from, we recognize that the chips are down, the ballots are counted. And despite whatever kind of small amounts of, inconsistencies or cheating that might have gone on the side, we generally believe the outcome is basically true. Well, that failed to happen after Donald Trump, right? After 2020, we haven't let it go. The American people haven't let it go. We're not going to go ahead and just accept this violation and this rape of American democracy. Of course, those disgusting pigs like Hunter Biden and the Obama, I mean, they're basically the same guy, right? They're like crack smoking little perverts in the background, like wanting to spin America out. Because maybe they, they won't have to have their day in court if they just destroy the rest of us, right? I mean, these people are going to, they're, they're, they're pushing everything for a disaster and for a catastrophe. So that can take up the next five or ten years of our lives, right? Some massive, devastating default of events, right? Default of our economy or default back to some kind of discuss, horrific, violent war, right? Some kind of, something that can save them from the American people and, and having to be set 
front and center so that we can go ahead and just take this whole thing apart and get down to the very, very nuts and bolts, right? Let's strip this thing back and get to the bones of it and find out what really happened there. Get all these people talking, all the, get Zelensky running around. You got, you know, you got all this, all this weird shit going on, but we're the American people and we have time on our side. We can go ahead and we got 11 months. We can go ahead and find out going forward why it is that we have such a fifth column traitors in our country who are willing to go along with the steel who are empowered by going along with the steel who are only interested in letting their own power structure advance they don't care about what happens to the american people you got this disgusting tool over there anthony blinken what a disgusting little worm what a violent little vermin wretch over there telling the the, the israeli people that the Biden administration won't stand for them to do these bombings you know what you guys i hope that we get a chance to bury you alive all right, we're going to go in, we're going to get the subpoenas, we're going to get the, how do I even know about all this stuff, right? How, how do we all, this already know, the suspicious activity reports, right? This is a, how did we all become, we all went become specialists in virology, now we're specialists in what, in the operations of the Congress and the Senate and the, and the underhanded and the seedy underbelly of the traitorous deep state environment that they're, they're using our government as the American people for their own personal fiefdom. And they're offering it up for sale to the power elites of the world, and to the globalists of the world, to serve them, to bring us all into this brainwash, transgender climate control. Everybody listen to the King of England. You know what guys, this is American revolution 2.0. And of course they have, it's always been the same situation. It doesn't matter if they have beams in space and satellite uplinks and technotronic data streams and billion dollars. It's always the same. Back then, they had their ships and they had their muskets and they had lots more gunpowder and they have they had a lot more manpower. They they always had the upper hand. It doesn't matter now. You can have space lasers. It doesn't change the equation. Is that the American people are not going to be beat? Okay, because we have our biblical base. We have the heritage of our God. And all of our ancestors who were believers who went before us. And we have all the promises of God in the Bible that are going to serve to protect us because of who we are. That's how. That's why it's so funny that you have these morons coming out about the church and about how, what, what America, you, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're terrified of the Christians in this country because Christians want justice. And the Christian people who have the Bible as their backbone have some kind of moral belief system, some kind of moral structure by which they operate their lives. And these deep state pigs have been using our sons and daughters to, to create war, to go to war, because we have the best, most highly enriched culture in the world, in world history. And men and women who know when to, to strike the enemy and when to hold back, or, you know, they're not, you're not going to go down and go and mass rape people, right? You mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what we have. We have human soul. That's what Hamas does not have. It doesn't have any human soul. They're, they're, their consciousness lower than animals. Let's just face it. People who just can't wait to run down, sneak in and attack babies and children and women and rape women and stuff. That's disgusting. That's not how our soldiers roll. Our soldiers roll in there and we look for the men and we destroy the military targets and we destroy the, the, the danger and the enemy. We free the population. The women and children are freed from their psychopath, camel humping, camel raping husbands or whatever, right? That's what we do. We're liberators of the world. That, that's, so it's time for us to recognize that America needs to be liberated now. America is the country with the, the Saddam Hussein rape rooms underground that no one knows about. You can, you can listen to the ground and hear the screams of the torture rooms down below, right? We have that problem in America. We have our own Sudan, Saddam Hussein. 
which I don't really agree with how we went to war with that guy, but he was a psychopath. And we, in this country, we have our own psychopaths, our own psycho Hussein, you know, Saddam Hussein Obama psychos that we have, that have to be dealt with in this country. They're hidden behind so many layers of protection, so many bronze gates, right? Brass walls of security. They, they keep these people protected while we're all in danger from what they're doing. I'm looking online here and it looks like the, the Pentagon is terrified of what the report says is a, a military, a, a, threaten, a threat of a military overthrow within the government. I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why the military men would want to take these sick, perverted, transgender, psychopath, globalist-serving, Obama-worshipping Pentagon leaders, why they wouldn't want to throw them down a fucking elevator shaft, right? Get rid of them. Fuck out of here. Disgusting. They, they think that they, they held those seats of power and they have all these men below them that are all going to do what they say, that they, they have us in the, uh, the rest of the world and in America all under threat from their military power they have. Now, we could take your military power away. That could just be taken away. Lloyd, Austin, or whatever. You, you, who are you? You're not the end-all, be-all of American destiny. America was here before you got here, and America will be here after you're gone. So just get yourself done and out. Just another one who could be prosecuted for being a traitor. Just another one who could go ahead and see the noose. It wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't lose any sleep. These people need to be brought back under control. So I don't know if you guys are too afraid of what you'll lose if you step out. You know what? I'm not afraid. I don't think you should be either. And if we're all together not afraid, then we have nothing to be afraid of. Okay? It's what makes us insecure, what makes us dangerous, what, what makes this scary is all you cowards out there who are afraid to step forward. In, in unison with the rest of the American people. You're making all these other Americans step forward a few steps alone. You should be right with them. We should all be right together. We shouldn't, there shouldn't be anybody stepping out in front of everyone else to have courage. We should all, this courage is contagious. All of our courage together, we're stepping forward. We're going to go ahead and confront the deep state. They're not going to be able to lock us all up. They can, they, I guess they're going to try to do some kind of like internal chaos within America and get a bunch of us killed. They probably, it'll probably work. They'll probably do it, but we're, we're still coming for them. We know that Nancy Pelosi was behind January 6th. We know that the January 6th people are locked up in that gulag unjustly. We know that all these Antifa, Black Lives Matter terrorists are being, and Hamas terrorists are being let loose across the United States. It's time for all those Soros prosecutors to be taken down and replaced with real American jurisprudence. That's what we need. So there I go. I ranted. You got me. You got me. I ranted. I did it. But here. We're going to turn now to Rebecca Roth because we want to carefully take a listen to what she's got to say and to how she's going to explicate what is happening, why we cannot get the media to tell us one single salient point of reality or aspect of truth. Okay? They won't. They won't, they won't say it. They're going to continue to continuous, be like mouthing puppets. Puppeteers are just going to control their mouths. It's disgusting and we have to confront that as the, the primary issue. Yeah, and it's interesting because they're, they hate America and they hate uh, this, the duly elected president and are part basically of the coup d'etat that is ongoing. So here we are as a country, we're in trouble and there seems to be no real messiah because I've noticed that a lot of things that uh, President Trump is doing is he's saying drain the swamp, but he's putting people like Gina Haspel who's been in the swamp for, you know, 30 years, who was part, I know she, ha I know that she was the station chief in London during the coup d'etat with all of the link campus people, Joseph Mifsud, 
the FBI, the MI5 and MI6 guys, Christopher Steele. These all people all know each other. This isn't their drinking circle. They're, you know, their Bible study group, right? It's kind of like we're expecting Bill Barr to do something, but hey, Bill Barr was part of the swamp too. He would join the CIA. Who does Donald Trump think the swamp is? And so it's interesting to me what I see because I, I'm seeing what's going on today with this hoax and an, an actual intelligence setup. And I can't help but see that it's, it's right in alignment, Ramjet, with uh, things that have happened in the past. And so you know that I know you read my fourth book uh, before anyone else did. And so I know that uh, one of the things that I did and I was encouraged to do this from, you know, George Nori, coast to coast. It's like, oh, I just can't believe our government would be a part of this. And a lot of people have a real hard time believing that our government would be a part of something like what happened that day. But you have to believe that either they all failed to do their job, the military, NORAD, the northeastern sector of NORAD called NEADS, the United States Air Force the Pentagon, uh, everybody in the White House, everybody in between, air traffic controllers. I mean, you have to believe everybody that failed their job to keep people on airplanes safe that day, most of which, by the way, got promoted. Nobody lost their job. That's one of the things I found fascinating. Um, but if you look at all of this stuff that really you think, well, gee, these guys all, did they all fail? Did we have a complete failure in our security system? Well, let, let's just take a moment and be thankful to God or whoever that those um, airplanes that day were not nuclear warheads because everybody at NORAD and NEADS failed totally. And yet nobody lost their job. Everybody in the Pentagon, whose job is to keep you safe, failed. So it's, I, I just find this so fascinating. And I guess we should really be grateful that those were not nuclear warheads. <laughs> and that was the, the failure. So you have to believe either that our government's a complete F up and a failure that day. Or there was something more to this story. So in part of doing the research, and I did a lot of it. So much, I probably have three or four books worth. But I did a lot of research on the history of military intelligence, the United States Pentagon, war actions, and the Central Intelligence Agency. Probably pretty soon we won't be able to say CIA. They'll be, we'll be censored if we, if we talk about that. That'll be next. Don't, I'm not fooling you either. So it's kind of fascinating to me that Right before uh, that beautiful September morning, I keep wanting to say spring, I don't know why, but September morning in 2001, just a few months before, and I, I'm sure it says so in, in uh, the documentation, um, it was either in April or May of 2001 that this item this plan, this operation, they like to call their things operation. And we talked about Operation Cyclone last week. And so I wanted to pick another operation for you to really understand this week. And we're going to talk about Operation Northwoods. A lot of people know about Operation Northwoods because 
It has a lot of similarities to uh, what was referenced by the Project for a New American Century, the New Pearl Harbor. And it was done for the reason, the same reason of the New Pearl Harbor, which was that September morning in 2001. Same type of reason. It was to rally the American uh, public in support of a war. Now, Operation Northwoods was um, uh, an operation against the Cuban government. It originated in the United States Department of Defense, Pentagon, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States government, 1962. Well, you need to keep in mind that the United States government had tried for several years to eradicate Castro and to invade Cuba and to deal with Cuba because Cuba had basically uh, become communist and as a result had thrown out all of the gambling casinos and all of the things that, you know, many of the American people liked to do and go visit. And so there were problems with, with Cuba and they tried for several years to eradicate all of those problems and they failed miserably every single time. And so Operation Northwoods was the kind of the coup d'etat, so to speak, mm -hmm. of what was going to happen. Well, and so I was going to say just going to happen in order to really actually get rid of Castro. Exactly. So for those people that are still kind of stuck there and are not sure, because if you listen to the official story of that September morning, none of it makes any sense. I mean, we have aluminum airplanes flying straight through buildings like just a lot like a missile. We have 85 plus cameras from around the Pentagon that have been hidden and sealed away. Nobody's, hardly anybody's seen them. No, I shouldn't say nobody because I know someone that did see one. Why would they hide that if they showed a 767 plowing right through a skyscraper? Why would they hide that 757 plowing into the Pentagon that beautiful September morning? Hmm. Interesting. Did they think we couldn't handle that? Why is it still almost 20 years later still hidden from us? What are they hiding? I mean, if we could handle that South Tower hit that all magically went, went all the way through, you can see the nose out. You can just Google search or do a search on YouTube, the nose out video, and you'll find it. I mean, it's not a real popular subject, and maybe they've censored all of it, but you should be able to find it. It's out there. People will upload it. They'll keep uploading it. So how did that happen? Because aluminum airplanes, the nose cone is composite plastic that sits over the radar dome. So it's not even aluminum. There's no way that it's going to go all the way through the walls and the offices and the desks and all the structure inside now and the uh, elevator shafts, all of it. No, not going to happen. But what was that? What really did happen? Well, the one thing we do know is that we were not being dealt with very honestly. And a lot of people just say, wow, did we have that kind of technology? What was it? Something in space? What was it? Was it a directed energy weapon? What was it? So then people start cooking up theories. But listen, since 1962, this proposal called for the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States government 
and their operatives to commit acts of terrorism against American civilians and military targets. Well, that's kind of what happened that September morning now, isn't it? The military target being the Pentagon, the civilian targets being the towers. Blaming those uh, acts of terrorism on the Cuban government and using it to justify a war against Cuba. Well, what happened on that September morning? Right away, somebody from Israel was in a British TV studio telling us it was the war on terror. And it was Osama bin Laden, who was also known as Tim Osman as a CIA asset, that was behind the war on terror. Yep, we're going to war. That's right. And so I guess if you look at this, even though there are people that try to debunk this, if you have any knowledge and common sense in your head, and if you ever thought, oh, our government could never be a part of doing something like that to its own people, this 1962 Operation Northwoods called for exactly what we saw that September morning in 2001. Well, you know, you mentioned this, and the first thing that comes to my mind is what's happened in Saudi Arabia in the last month, where they claim that Iran has bombed their oil facilities and basically taken out half of their oil facilities. And at first you heard that it was, you know, a, maybe a bomb, maybe a missile, maybe a drone. It keeps changing. But then just the other day, I saw where they put out information showing what it was that actually exploded in that oil facility, and I began to have questions about that. Was it really from Iran? Were the tail numbers that they were showing that had um, alphanumeric numbers on them, unlike what you would see in Farsi? Oh, that's true. And it's, it's possible that this is um, a push for uh, the big war, the Armageddon. But it's what they do, and they do this over and over and over again because it's the pattern that has worked in the past. So why not do it again in the future? One of the things that I've uh, I've seen, uh, and I, I'm happen to be a person that kind of see patterns and stuff very easily. So one of the things that I began seeing and studying the history of the Central Intelligence Agency and the Pentagon and how they work together. Uh, was the, the way they plan stuff. So in book four, there's a lot of that brought to the surface so you can, you guys can see it too. And I tried to make it not be too complicated so you could, that's, that's what they did here again. So we're talking now about Operation Northwoods from 1962. This, <laughs> this is like 40 years before 9-11, eh? 50 years. So you, you, you see that in fact, our own government agency, Central Intelligence Agency, and the United States military, the Pentagon, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, just to bring this to your, uh, to just to bring it to the September 2001 morning, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was General Hugh Shelton. He's talked about in book three, the gold book methodical conclusion because he plays a role too he wrote a book and he was very dishonest about where he was and what why he was there what was going on and it was so it was the chairman of the joint chiefs delivering this information to the secretary of defense in 1962 well to bring it up to 2001 
You're talking about Hugh Shelton, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and Donald Rumsfeld, who was the Secretary of Defense. Okay, so now you're starting to look at this with a little different uh, set of eyeballs, right? Because again, the United States government and its operatives were going to commit acts of terrorism against U.S. citizens and civilian targets and military targets, blaming them falsely on the Cuban government. Now, they did a similar thing during the 1980s where the boogeyman of choice then was the Sandinistas. But this all uh, brings back the Operation um, Gladio after World War II, where we had left behind, and they were basically people that would be the terrorists that would blame uh, any government that was becoming uh, communist-friendly, uh, or that we wanted to take out for one reason or the other. And that could be just about anything. We could take them out because we wanted their oil fields. We could take them out because we wanted to run a pipeline through their country. Uh, we wanted to take them out because they do a better drug deal with uh, our government. I, there's various reasons for the United States government doing these coup d'etats, like when the one that's ongoing right now against our president. So how can you not think that, well, 50 years later, 60, 70 years later, here we are today, that they couldn't pull this off again. I mean, they've just got more advanced technologies. That's all. 1962, they were planning to do um, switch out some airplanes. And that's why a lot of people, I think, with the September 2001 event, they started to try to claim that um, the airplanes were switched out at Stewart Air Force Base or some crazy thing like that, that did not happen. Um, but you do have to ask yourself, Ramjet, why would the uh, FBI and the United States government, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, instead of showing us that 757 that they claim hit the Pentagon, that they sealed it away? I think it's sealed for 50 years. Well, traditionally, the FBI has always been the cleanup agent for the CIA. I mean, they clean up the mess. They hide things. They obscure things. They obfuscate things. They do all kinds of things that allow the CIA to continue to operate and the public to not be aware of what it is they're doing. And if you don't believe that, just look at what has happened in the last four or five years with regards to Trump and the hoax. Mm -hmm. The FBI and the CIA, how they have been involved in that. and What it was this, the FBI was doing. They were covering things up and hiding them and being very dishonest about what it was they were doing. And leaking documentation may, may not even have been truthful documentation to the media so that they could print articles and then the FBI could take that article and use it uh, for the FISA court, which... We almost lost. <laughs> well, they have they have a history of doing that. They uh -huh. leak information that they want. It's not necessarily accurate. It's just information. They get it published, and then they use those publications to justify them doing whatever it is they want done. And, I mean, it's like a circular file is really what it is. Well, exactly. Back to Operation Northwoods. Now, this operation proposed creating uh, public support. For a war. Imagine that. 
Well, how September 2001 of them was that? Because they wanted a war against Cuba. And so by doing that, they would blame everything that they themselves did. This would be the U.S. military, special forces, uh, agents of espionage, uh, CIA people that would blow something up or assassinate someone, a terrorist act of one way or the other, and blame it on Castro's Cuba. Wow, interesting, huh? Now, a lot of people think that they're, uh, when you say something's a false flag, that nobody died. But that's not necessarily true. They don't care how many people they kill. They were planning here to assassinate, murder Americans and um, Cuban immigrants that have had come here and blame it on Castro. Why? Because they wanted American public support to go to war and wipe out Castro for, for very many reasons. I mean, the reasons behind this are, aren't just communism, but uh, we won't get into that today. But it, isn't it interesting how a lot of people find that it's, it's impossible to wrap their head around the fact that what we saw on TV that morning, what we were told happening, wasn't it, it, it couldn't be anything different than that, right? But here's what we aren't being told is about our very own history. This plan was drafted by the Joint Chiefs of Staff inside the Pentagon. It was signed by the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It was delivered to the Secretary of Defense. I believe it was McNamara at the time. And then, check this out, Operation Northwoods was never officially accepted. It was authorized by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but then it was rejected by President John F. Kennedy. Hmm. Well, that didn't make the deep state very happy with him now, did it? So now it's time for a word from our sponsor, and as you know, our sponsor is courageously helping us to keep our show going here, so it's wendyslimited.com, wendyslimited.com. So wendyslimited.com, wendyslimited.com has all the hottest new styles and couture trends and latest boutique women's apparel and shoes and heels and flats and all kinds of just wonderful stuff. You have hives and honey uh, jewelry on moi. It's been a favorite lately. And we have, of course, Windsor crystal uh, lamps. I have one, uh, one in stock in particular that has been a favorite. So wendyslimited.com is always open to help you get everything you need. Awesome Prada purse that we uh, saw that, that uh, Wendy's Limited just put up. So we have to think who out there wants to get incredible Prada fashion couture. You know that um, from what I hear, they're a favorite of many, many ladies out there, many women all over the place. In fact, I think you cannot find a single family member or 
wife or sister or aunt or grandmother or loved one or girlfriend or what have you that uh, does not love Prada purses. So if you want to be totally awesome, you have to eventually come to grips with wendyslimited.com. Wendy's Boutique Limited has all the hottest new styles and latest women's apparel, everything you need to be totally awesome. If you're a woman or if you have a, a woman who's someone that you love, and of course we all love women because they're just so awesome. That's why Wendy'sLimited.com is so successful. So go check out Wendy's Boutique. Wendy'sLimited.com is the only place to go. And we have to recommend she's been totally 100% awesome to us and generous so we are always going to be buying our jewelry fine jewelry gold gold and silver jewelry and all of our best boutique couture and designer trends are we're going to go to wendyslimited.com so check out wendy's boutique limited So here we go. We're just getting our all of our ducks in a row here. We're trying to do a, a little report on a certain topic there with regarding Operation Mockingbird, which we haven't really touched on too many times. I can see there's a lot of podcasts made about it. There's a lot of discussion about it. A lot of people have exposed it, and that's good. But I want to go into a little bit of a little bit of in depth with it, rather than just to chat about it and then move on. We're going to go into a little bit more, and it has to do with the connection too. As we as we're getting into the discussion, we have to make sure we do our our work to connect to the operations of the, especially the federal government of the United States of America, who really is moving on to become a captured entity, right? So the United States black budget and all the black operations, all the the secret intelligence operations that no one knows about. It's not really for the purpose of securing America's future, but it's for the purpose of undermining America's hegemony and our political position in the world and really to get ready to replace the nation state as we were talking about before in other episodes the 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 idea of the westphalian nation state as it's um as we have been a country who is who's escaped the boundaries and escaped the clutches of christendom and the european power structure and the power elite and a lot of this a lot of what we've been experiencing in america this move towards globalism and climate change all these kind of ideologies and this certain philosophy of taking care of the world and you know trying to limit the growth of of humanity human populations this idea that you know if human populations grow it'll be the desertification of the world it'll be the destruction of the world all these ideas this kind of extreme psyops that convince people to act so crazy act so desperately to supposedly be changing the world to saving the world right these are just ideas that are implanted and words that are put into the the mouths of the young people and the college students and the ignorant right they want to run out and take part in the world and they're, they're given they're delivered all this these inane uh, absurd asinine ideas and to basically flit around and to to clog up the the overpasses and the bridges like brooklyn bridge right they, they, you know just go out and, and basically and flap your gums at everybody and just block up the, the subway stations in the cities and block up the, the the highways so that people can't drive you know just block up the the crosswalks, so people try to crosswalk. These are the ideas of the the young Marxist kids who think they're going to shut the world down and make everyone listen to their complaints about peak oil, or the difficulties of, of of polluting the world, and how how awful it is, right? And so the elites have taken it upon themselves to to play this role of God and to decide 
and, and, and to put themselves in the position to decide for everyone else how life is going to be. And of course, people like Henry Kissinger, who recently just died, he, he's testing out the, the measurements for his new coffin. And he's going to meet his maker. He's going to find out where you go after this, right? And just he's going to go find out whether he spent his life in the right way. If he spent all of his, his intellectual power and all of his wealth and, and becoming an apparatchik of the Rockefellers, right? To be, to be placed in the position to be a betrayer of America and a betrayer of human population altogether. To, to move forward this Luciferian kind of anti-human Malthusian agenda of depop, right, depopulating humanity. I mean, this is all Henry Kissinger, right? He, he is a mass murderer. He is a war criminal. He, he, he put forth all of his effort in his life to ultimately serve the interests of the globalist elite and to, and to you know, swing the hatchet to ultimately destroy many lives and destroy many... The, the destiny of the world was altered by these individuals, right? So that, that, that you know, the, the way things would have been... You know, the people who, you politicians who would have taken a different direction or are destroyed, their planes are crashed, right? Uh, people who don't ultimately agree with the, who want their vote and their, and their human, you know, their life, their right to their life, right? What the Constitution says. Of course, these, these globalists have no interest in, in allowing any of that to happen or to allow anyone to have their life or to do anything that the Constitution, these are anti constitutionalists, anti Americans, they're anti human. And they're interested in just cutting the, the population back to a working skeleton crew of laborers, and then the rest are the princelings of the of the elites, right? They don't want to see all these people running around their precious planet, and they want to own it all, right? And of course, they can't. They're just they're they're, they're demented. They're psychopaths. They're and they're, they're going to go in the box just like Henry. So just everyone look. He, he planned to the future of 2050 and 2060, but he won't be around for that. So he should have been thinking more in a general terms and in, in a short term uh, lifestyle of a human being. What would happen to him after he uh, after he passes away and he has to now go and find out what what is going to be how he is going to be disposed of as far as his soul and and, and his future and eternity and where, where he's going to go. Right, of course, he served the devil, and he eschewed everything to do with God and humanity, and that God had said, uh, "Feed my sheep." Right. Well, Henry Kissinger wasn't going to have anything to do with that, so he was there to side with the wolves and just have some lamb, lamb chops. Right, some lamb brulee. Right? I just made that up, but maybe it's real. But the point is, is that if you want to look at what is going to happen with these globalists. And how terribly they're going to fail here, because let's look at it. Death is a savior for us, right? They hate it. They want to deep dive. They want to download themselves into the computer interface with the intel, the AI intelligence, right? They, they want to do anything but die. They, 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 they can't imagine their own thoughts and their minds and their, their heartbeat and, and all their, their quickening vitality just stopping and, and being lost. They can't, they can't, none of these elitist globalists can, can possibly cope with that thought or with mortality. So in order to not cope, in order to overcompensate for their basically uh, descending insanity, they have to ultimately try to plot the rest of our lives and they have to try to plot how things are going to be in 2050 and 2060, right? They got to go on and on with whatever they can to desperately cling on to this pathetic life. And if you, of course, if you read the Bible, you find out the secret truth, which is that uh, anyone who clings on to this life will lose it, and anyone who will lose his life for the sake of the Lord will gain it. So that's something that these, it's, it's counterintuitive, it's, it's converse, it's inverse from what they're capable of, of uh, thinking or knowing or operating with, so they're going to continue to side with the wolves, right? 
they're going to continue to side against the children of God and against the plans of God and against the Creator. And they're going to continue to get death, right? And, it, and for us, death is released to move on to the next level of uh, creation of, of our lives, of existence. And we're doing our best here. We're not all perfect. We're all sinners. But we don't all embrace our sin and embrace evil and embrace the destruction like they do, okay? A lot of us are trying to do our best to be good followers of Christ, sacrifice our, our own desires in life for the betterment of our family, and for others around us, right, who need us to to basically put ourselves secondarily so that our families and wives and children and such can be first. And th- those are the kind of Christian ideals, right? I don't have my wife walk in front of me so that maybe she could hit the landmine and blow up instead of me, right? No, I walk in front, right? I blow up first, right? I'm not like, we're, we're different than Islam, right? We, sa- we as men, we sacrifice ourselves so our families can go on. We're not willing to sacrifice our, our families so that we can somehow pathetically go on to go supposedly fight for Allah or whatever. It's pathetic. They're, they're pathetic cowards. And they, they all are. They're all degenerate cowards, just like Kissinger is, a like total coward, a total worthless little worm. He couldn't fight for what was right in the world, so he sided with the power, the powerful, right, and the elites. And he sided with them to, to join them and to add whatever strength he could to their cause, to be an operator of their black ops and and so we're going to find out more about this individual, but you're going to find out more that as we're aging out, as we're, as these uh, Klaus Schwab's and Bill Gates and Rockefeller individuals are beginning to age out and beginning to go, no longer messing around, being pre- prima donna, billionaire little cucks, right? They've got to go and face the, the, the reality. Okay? There's no, no way to manipulate this, no way to pay it off or buy it off. There's no way to, to, to change the fact that you're going to... Die, man. You're going to go and die. And, and all the her- the horrible things you did in life are all going to be recorded. And they're going to be, right? All, all the, the activities you did, your entire judgment is going to take place. And you're going to know right there, Henry Kissinger and Klaus Schwab, all the rest of you, you're going to find out that when you meet your maker, that you have just wasted your entire existence to ser- serve your own enemy of your own soul, right? So that's crucial. You don't want to do that. You want to be aligned with these murders of humanity, right? But of course, that's what it is. These, these small couple thousand people, right? These elites think they can direct the population and direct the rest of the billions of us into, into a perilous self-destruction. They're just going to direct it and set it up like a, when you run uh, deers down and catch them in the net, right? They're, they're trappers, right? They're, they're, they're interested in do, going about to trap humanity and trap the, the people of the world in a process of, of destruction and annihilation through famine, through disease, through plague, through, right? It's going to be a quick process in the next couple of decades of destroying everyone on the face of the earth through wars, uh, nuclear exchange, just every different possibility they can to, to radically reduce the population that they're so, that they're so terrified of, right? They're, they're terrified of the help. They're terrified of the laborers, the people that build their buildings and pour their concrete and raise their skyscrapers and, and set up the, all the engineering for their planes and trains and all their, right? Even the stuff, even the deep underground bunkers, right? There's, there's companies working away, men working away to build these bunkers and to build all this equipment for the, the, all of these black ops and new world order elitists, right? Who are using America as a captured and controlled entity. So you can see the CIA doesn't really work for America. The FBI, what is it doing? Is it working for America? No, it's not. It's not working for America. It's going about constantly to, to do its best as a, as a, Praetorian guard to to carefully protect the elites and be sure that the rest of us cannot be any danger to them, and then we, we get off, right? We get off, 
if we get in their way. That's that's the that's what the FBI does, what the CIA does. And so we just have to kind of accept that and face that reality and become aware that we as a people here now are a very precious and rare commodity on the earth and we are going extinct. And so once you recognize that you have to take care of your life and you have to do you can't trust these doctors, right? Because now they're they're totally caught up in this ideology and they they can't imagine why they would want to follow their their Hippocratic oath and protect people. But now they're interested only in this new kind of delusional brainwash that suggests that if they really want to protect people, they should protect the world and they should let some of these other weaker, less uh, less affluent, more pathetic eaters, the useless eaters, we just need to let them die, right? And of course, that's what the hospitals, that's what you saw during COVID. They were all getting paid $50,000 or what it was for to produce a COVID death or a COVID body or whatever. And they were all just lined up like pigs at the trough to just to help humanity get get healthier, right? Were they were they there to help the world get healthier? World health? No, no. They're there to make sure that humanity dies away so they can protect the pristine health of the environment. And that was what world health is all about. It's about managing the decline of the population so that we can protect the world for Lucifer, whatever, whatever it is. Right? They, they sit up there in their little ivory towers, these billionaire elites, and they, they you know, what do they do? They drink child's blood, <laughs> whatever they do, they they are the ones who need to be eliminated. And I think that's the, the the really salient and meaningful point here is that we have it within our strength and our power to go find those two or three or five or eight thousand people who are you know pretend to run the world, pretend to run our lives, pretend like they have some godlike authority over us to you know kill us off, and we should just kill them off because we're billions. We're billions and billions of people. And of course, we're billions of people that are confused and we're impoverished and we're malnourished and we're deceived by all these mythologies and Islamic idolatries and, you know, Roman religious ideas. We're all, we're all inundated with these concepts that put us, put us one another at each other's throats. And so in order to overcome the elites, we have to do what they have done. We have to band together and we have to come together to make a plan, right? And that's, that's what we need to do. We need to come together. That's what's happening in America right now. Uh, that's what the American Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the, the Declaration of Independence, that's what it's all about. It's all about the plan. It's all about the plan to make sure that we have our vote, we have our rights, they're protected by law, and that we can you know, have our right to pr- protect ourselves. We have our right to bear arms. We have the right to free speech. We have the right to you know, have a fair trial. So people can't just abuse us with the law. You know, those are all the things that we need to establish ourselves just like the elites. They've established themselves with sovereignty, with international law, with you know, it, you know, international holdings around the world. And so we need to, in order to be able to withstand what they're bringing, we've got to get ourselves ready to ultimately take it upon ourselves to, to try, try them, to find them guilty and to punish them, right? And that's what it comes down to. We need to make sure that there cannot be a conspiracy. There can be, there can't be a, uh, a secretly evinced design to bring us into slavery, right? We can't allow these nobility and these you know, powerful people, like, you know, the, the people that uh, John Wick is shooting and the John Wick show, right? We can't allow them to have control of our lives or our kids' lives. And the first step to being able to be successful in a battle like this is to understand that there is a battle there and that the the very powerful elite have no con- consideration of what kind of dialectic color you vote for 
or what, what kind of flag you wave around during the color revolution or what, you know, what stance you take. They just, they only want to make sure you're polarized in one dialectic venue or another against yourself, against the American people. They want you to be waving your flags. They want you to be out there with Antifa, doing whatever it takes to make sure the, ensure the American people cannot come together and to operate in a unified, organized way together as one, right? That's why they have to have us so divided. So this idea of Republicans and Democrats, it's going to take a little while, but people are eventually going to get the view of what's happening, that there is a cabal behind the scenes within the Democrats in America and within the Republican Party that are operating together. And the rest of them are operating in opposition to one another. So see how this works? As long as uh, these people, partisans, cannot possibly get together and, and make up a decision for themselves, we're going to have these deep state acolytes, the sycophants, the Obama worshippers, the, the elite combination within the United States that's being controlled by the globalist elite. We're going to finally, we're going to have them co- constantly serving us up and destroying us, you know, sending a police why? What would be Capitol, a Capitol Hill police after us with their weird intelligence operations? What do they do? Well, they bring in a bunch of United Nations soldiers into the, into the United States who are just really like foreign uh, migrants who just jump the border. But they give them like a little suit. They give them a little helmet. They give them they're now the United Nations soldiers here recruited to put down the rebellion in America, right? Things like that. That's what you can expect to see. So we're as we're going forward, we have to begin to show you that that your government. And the people that are, you know, supposed to be operating intelligence agencies and investigative bureaus and the justice system, they're supposed to be operating all that for our benefit and for our good and to make our society a peaceful uh, social echelon where we can all expect to, uh, you know, find people uh, held accountable for their own behaviors, held accountable for their own crimes. But that's not happening here in America. People who are in the inner cities or committing crimes and murders are let go because of equity and people who who are uh, not uh, even criminals at all are being hunted down throughout the countryside because of January 6th, right? This is the kind of mode, the twisted, inverted, and debased mode of operation that these individuals have been trying to arrive at so that we could all be incensed and just be outraged and get our pitchforks and run around and, and just basically do the job of tearing up America for them. But we're not going to do that. We're smart. We're intelligent. We know how to you know, just be be patient and wait for this election cycle. They have haven't been able to get Donald Trump off there. So if he's not operating as a deep state malefactor, right? We can't look inside of his mind. We can't really know what's really going on there. Uh, if he turned out to be on the side of our enemy and was and has been tricking us this whole time, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that ever happened in politics, right? To be deceived by some kind of false flag Manchurian candidate who everyone is hoping will save the day, right? That, that's, the, that's everyone's worst fear. Let's put it out there, right? Everyone's thinking that, like, what if this guy gets in there? We finally overcome all this opposition, push him in there, and it turns out that he's just another Epstein Island visitor. He's just another Biden-Clinton buddy, right, who just tricked us all, right? That, that would be the worst thing. I mean, it's, it goes against the kind of common intuition, right? The common sense perspective that we see through the media who supposedly hates him and all that. Uh, he could be the real thing. He could be the genuine article. He just steps up and he just decides he's going to resist this. And that, that's what we hope. We, but can we hope that much from people? Can we hope that people would, people like Donald Trump would sacrifice of themselves to stand and, and make this fight against the enemies of America? So that's what we hope for. And ultimately, that's who we have to vote for because we can't vote for Biden. So it becomes this kind of dialectical confusion of like, got to vote, got to vote, you know, right or left. 
blue or red, right? And of course, you can see that these degenerate trailer trash pigs, these Bidens, what a, what a family of total pigs, right? Totally disgusting, smelly, gross pigs, right? And all you know, incesting and molesting each other. And you know what I mean? And then the, the, the one boy, Bo dies. And then you have the Hunter Biden, like trying to bang the daughter and trying to bang the, the guy's wife, trying to bang all of his kids after he dies. I mean, these people are fucking gross. They're so disgusting. They're so inhuman that they should be on Jerry Springer, right? Just like flipping chairs around and throwing shit at each other, right? So that's, we can't possibly vote for Biden. He's a total sellout of China. Of course, China is going to react when they see that their asset in the White House is being finally being clawed down and ripped down and being replaced by someone who's actually there for America's interests. So, you know, as we're going forward, we have to look at how diabolical is the deep state apparatus and the elite cabal that's operating within our our country and our government. And it's not easy to just go and, uh, and, and get these people out without destroying your whole fucking civilization, right? Without trying to get these people out, trying to root them out. And uh, so we can say good riddance to uh, Henry Kissinger and all of his acolytes, and hopefully that these this next generation of deep state elitist pigs doesn't have the wherewithal and the intelligence to to follow after their their masters as they die off here, right? So I'm hoping that there's no replacement for Henry Kissinger. I'm hoping that uh, Klaus Schwab does the same thing as he sits there and ponders off to how it will be in 2080 and how we'll all own nothing and eat and eat fake meat or whatever he's over there talking about. He just he can't see that we need to get the measuring tape out for Klaus Schwab and get his measurement for his box because he's a very very old man and he's going to go and follow right along with Henry Kissinger. He's going to go and meet his maker too. So guess what, guys. I know, you, I know this is a sad day for you, but it's a happy day, happy, happy day for us. So you guys go ahead and get older. You guys, you're, this is God's planned obsolescence for you. You've done as much damage as any human could possibly do. You've almost killed the human spirit and the human heart and the human soul. And now it's time for you to find out what your consequences and what your big prize is going to be. So let's turn back now to the issue here of the Operation Mockingbird and also the to talk about Operation Northwoods, which was the 1960s plan to use a false flag operation uh, to crash planes into a building to target and frame your enemy uh, and to, to unite the American people behind your, your false flag operations, right? To get the American people to believe that we've been attacked, the planes that hit the buildings. And so you can see that ultimately Operation Northwoods would come alive under the Bush administration uh, in 2001. So as we're going forward, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to listen to more clips and we're going to find out more about why we have to prepare. We have to prepare ourselves to deal with and confront and for the aftermath of a totally megalomaniacal, tyrannical, psychopathic, deep state group within the government who's simultaneously aging out as that the, all their, their operations and all their, you know, perversions and all their crimes are being exposed you can expect the clintons this thing is like a, it's like pulling a string on a sweater right we, we pulling the thread it's going to lead one thing is going to lead to the other people are dying of course daddy bush already died and you can see his son little junior bush is over there real quiet over there in waco texas real real quiet not saying shit because he knows he knows the american people are going to find out what skull and bones daddy bush has been doing what junior bush has been doing that we know that all this has been when those individuals, those power elite murdering pigs were in, were in charge, 
no one was finding out, but they're all dying out. And they're, we're now we're going to find out as time goes on, there's going to be an exposure, right? Of the truth and of the power elite, the ultramontane Jesuit structure, power structure in America that was coming out of all these universities and operating all these knighthood orders. It's going to be exposed guys. We're going to find out. So we need to find out how they control us through the media, how the corporate media propaganda system runs our brains, controls our thoughts and frames our very words, right? Frames our very words. So we come out, everything we're going to, all the little political arguments we're going to make have been framed by other people through the media and like literally crystallized the words into our tongues and put and puppet and move our mouth like a puppet. Puppeteer moves a mouth of a puppet. They actually are going to control our actual speech, right? So we don't have freedom of thought. We don't have freedom of speech. We don't even have freedom of think because at this point, they ultimately are using programs like Operation Mockingbird to totally brainwash the populations. They very happy with him now, did it? Well, once he rejected that, what, what happened in the airline industry? People began immediately, and I say people very <laughs> speciously, they began immediately hijacking planes to Cuba. I mean, it wasn't people that wanted to go to Cuba. It was certainly CIA agents that were doing whatever they could to make Cuba look bad. I mean, they got their Operation Northwoods uh, shot down by the president. And so they went to Plan B, which was hijack airplanes. Yeah, well, that's true. It, it's, it's pretty amazing, too. Because years later, it had come out that most of the hijackings to Havana, take me to Havana, and the FAA hijack protocols were all built around these faked hijackings. Oh my gosh, wait a minute now. What have I uncovered? (laughs) CIA neutrals, employees, passengers, airline employees. Yeah, the same September morning had the same type of thing going on. So fascinating, is it not, that our history, and history kind of keeps repeating itself here. And that's why you can start to look at this. And I think the problem that a lot of people have, by the way, since for some reason, this this, uh, plan, this false flag, they called it a false flag, a faked Faked hijackings of commercial planes. They were going to switch them out and land the people, but that but they weren't going to tell the public that. They that was their intention. Was you know, well, well, we won't kill all these people. We'll just land them and then switch out this airplane with the more of a drone style. Yes, indeed, we did have drone type airplanes then, and then we would tell the people what you know that all those people were killed, and they could you know fill them up with military people. And so they didn't care. So it's interesting, is it not, the similarities that are um, there that were planned, and yet this was classified until the spring of 2001. Nobody knew this except people in our government, in the Department of Defense. They would have access to this. Anybody with top security clearance could have gone and read all the pages about Operation Northwoods. But not only that, they didn't necessarily have to read it because there were people who were in place in the CIA or the FBI that actually were involved in Operation Northwoods who were still alive come 2001. 
and they could have told them all about it. Exactly. They we had a great idea. Yeah. Let's try it again. And and so it was basically the version 2.0 in 2001. And they, they exactly they needed to have a strike against a military target. And they chose the offices that were investigating. This is why you just can't stretch your mind to think this, this was terrorists who did this. But they chose to have the strike on the Pentagon, which was at the time the most securely guarded building in the entire world. But somebody had turned off their uh, all of their protection systems. They even have Patriot missiles uh, protecting the airspace around the Pentagon. But for some reason, everything was turned off and not one person has ever questioned that since that. September morning in 2001. So what was going on in the offices that were hit? The Office of Naval Investigation, the ONI, and the Army Audit. Well, they were busy searching for that missing $2.3 trillion that the Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, the day before, made public on television. Yep. And most all of those people were murdered when whatever it was hit that they don't want us to see because all of the cameras and there's over 85 cameras that were along the edge of the roof line of the Pentagon and all of the businesses around the Pentagon that might have seen something other than a 757 obviously or they'd be showing it to us. So you kind of use a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of common sense to see, well, are they hiding something? Well, why, why would they hide that if they showed us that 767 hit the South Tower? So we have to ask yourself, well, what was, what was that? What was that that flew all the way through the building? Because an aluminum airplane can't, and it, nor can it fly so fast that you can see it floating in. So you could see it clearly floating in, and then it was so fast that it went through that building five times faster than it was coming through to look at. I mean, just you look at it, it goes into the building, and there's like this little powder puff effect where it all disintegrates into the, instead of what would have happened, would have been the tail section would have not made it through. This is not, a 767 is a wide-body aircraft. It is not a missile. It can't go that fast, that close to the ground, the sea level, 700 feet. It can't. It cannot go that. We can't fly it like a missile. You can't. I don't care. <laughs> if you say it can, you don't know what you're talking about. That airplane cannot fly that fast. But we saw it floating in, didn't we? All see it floating in. And then when it hit the building, it went through so fast in a blink of an eye, you could see the nose cone of something go out the other side of the building. But the other thing is that the tail section is extremely heavy and rather fragile in the sense that if it's hit by anything, it's going to break off. I mean, how many airplanes have you seen where the tail section in a, in a crash situation where the tail section is uh, clearly separated yeah. from the rest of the uh, fuselage. Just about every accident. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about that um, Air France that went out, out of uh, Brazil. I think it was Brazil, South America. And then they pull up the big tail section. Uh, I believe Air Asia, same thing. They built, I mean, uh, it's, it's always Lion the Air. Yep. And so if you had a plane that went into a building, it may not come out the other end like 
mm-hmm. Rebecca has said. But the well, tail section would have broken up and fallen to the ground. I mean, that's mm-hmm. always what's going to happen. And those people in aviation, I think they that's what, you know, they saw if they watched that whole uh, scenario unfold. But again, you know, I like to tell people um, all of that uh, footage was pretty much coming from the same place. So, but if you saw, you know, like the movie 2012 coming at you on CNN, would you believe that we were having those kind of earthquakes all around the world? That was the earthquake one, wasn't it? Earthquake movie, special effects. As a matter of fact, when I first saw uh, that plane crash into the tower, I thought it was some sort of a Hollywood fakery trick photography type of thing. Um, that was my first impression uh, because I know that airplanes can't slide into a skyscraper like a hot knife through butter and then even the very tail section, just the tail wings flip off and just go in there like I was like how'd they do that I was like well that was some kind of bad not even realistic was what what I was thinking it's not even realistic okay so so here we have this operation Northwoods you guys can uh, go online and you can read about it it's out there it's unscribed and there's the papers that are out there it's now unclassified it was written originally March 9th 1962 and uh, it was referred to as the Cuba Project also. And it really was real. Now, there are people out there that don't want you to look. I want you to look. Uh, that want that They want you to believe that this, that this was never planned. That this was, well, it wasn't our government. This is not true. It is true, and you can find it. And it is the information. It's crossed out, top secret, special handling right there. And it's now stamped um, unclassified. So it's it, it, what they were planning, though. It was planned. They were planning to bomb buildings like a terror attack. Um, they were planning to assassinate people, um, mostly Cuban uh, immigrants, uh, that maybe had some kind of social standing, and that would have been a name that might have been recognized, or they could have said, you know, was a you know, an important uh, banker or important business person or what have you, that that probably they could come up with an idea that, well, they might have been a threat to Castro. It could have been a political threat to Castro. They could have said anything. But, you know, you got to understand there's nothing, there's something else that, that really helps you figure it all out. It's not just Operation Northwoods because they worked hand in hand and still do with another operation called Operation Mockingbird. And you guys can see this in effect right now. Because if you look at where did John Brennan, who was the head of the CIA, go? He was also in the CIA during this September 2001 morning. But where did they? Where did John Brennan and Jim Clapper, where did they go? And Jim Comey and his assistant Josh Campbell and Andrew McCabe from the FBI, where did they go when they were fired or released or left the CIA, the DIA, or the FBI? Ranja, do you know? Can you tell our, our audience where did they go? They always go to the media. To Operation Mockingbird. It's real. It was, at, they claim, an alleged program, but it's re- it was a real program. There were the United States Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. 
began in the early 1950s. That was like a decade before Operation Northwoods. And it attempted to manipulate the news media. Well, imagine that. Now, if you guys are watching CNN or MSNBC or kind of pretty much any news media, it can't be hard for you to believe that Operation Mockingbird is not only real, but still in effect today. Because all of these intelligence guys went from the DIA, the CIA intelligence networks uh, for the United States government right into MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN. It's right there in front of your face right today. It's history repeating itself again. But it's not just these major networks. I mean, how many times have you seen the films of various local news media repeating the exact same words of some story that has come out? Where did they get that? Did they all just get together and write that up? I don't think so. They were given that information and a story. The 4 a.m. drop. Well, whatever it is, however <laughs> it comes. But they were all given the same information. And they said the same words about the same story at the same time. And now control This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 The same talking points come from the same place. So that the message will manipulate the news media for propaganda purposes. This is exactly what they do. Oh, and they're through their history. And that's why I'm kind of a history buff. But this is why it's so important to understand history and why they are no longer teaching it in the public schools, because if you don't learn from your history, it will be repeated. And if you can see the pattern, it's right in front of your face. So unless you know that it exists, you, don't, you will never recognize it. So unless you know history, you're not going to recognize when it's repeating itself. So this propaganda, what they want to do, this is what they do every single Time. They go into a government in South, South America, Central America, the Middle East, and take down a duly elected leader for whatever reason. We talked about those reasons before, and there are several of them. They take over the media. They control the message. And right now in this country, there's only like six families that own almost all of our entertainment and news media, print and television, and a lot of it's on the internet. Six families, all of the same religious background, or lack thereof. It's interesting, is it not? Operation Mockingbird cannot be denied, because I just showed you, just from just this, this last uh, change of government, so to speak, when Donald Trump became the president. Now, if you remember during the Obama era, that he got a lot of really good press, didn't he? I mean, the press never questioned him saying, now after the election, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility to Medvedev. I can't ever say that guy's name. <laughs> it's got one too many ifs for me. Um, but remember he said that on a hot mic, and well, that just kind of got dropped by the media because 
they have an agenda. And he was playing their uh, tune. He was going along with the same agenda. So they never questioned him. They never cooked up lies and created crazy stories about him. So Operation Mockingbird, we later on found out that Ben Rhodes' brother was running, I think, NBC News. There was uh, Philip Raines and Dana Bash and all these married couples that were, one was a, either a, an attorney or a somehow involved in the Obama administration and their spouse or their brother or what have you was in the mainstream media. So you see, it's not hard to believe that Operation Mockingbird is still in effect. We saw it for the last decade through the eight years of Obama. So they had total control. So most of the Obama administration had, or top people in the administration, like Ben Rhodes, for example, uh, had a family ties or spousal ties to the mainstream media news. But you're definitely seeing it today because every time something comes up that has something to do with Trump, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. the We Got Him Now crowd repeats the exact same talking points in, on every single network and every single station. We got him. We got him. We got him. Yeah. Well, oh, excuse me. I hit my microphone. Sorry. Blow your eardrums out. So in 1977, Rolling Stone magazine had an article uh, entitled The CIA and the Media. Uh, Carl Bernstein wrote the, in uh, 1953 that the CIA director, Alan Dulles, oversaw the media network, which had major a major influence over 25 newspapers and wire agencies. So if you control the AP wire and Reuters, that's basically where everybody gets their information. If you can put a slant, anti-communist, anti-Donald Trump, anti-whatever, you're gonna. That's where the people are gonna get that news with that slant because you control it, and that's what Alan Dulles since 1953. So you do have to wonder. I know a lot of people now that I've met since the books came out uh, that were our retired military intelligence, yes, from the inside the Pentagon even, um, or that were uh, a part of another uh, agency, government agency. They have they stopped watching uh, the television or getting any news from the television from the uh, late seventies and early eighties, and maybe that's because that was their age where they said, "Hey, you know what? I know I'm <laughs> I know because of what I know what, for my job that this is not real and not true." As a matter of fact, I know somebody who was in the military intelligence in the Pentagon on that beautiful September morning, 2001. The people on the other side of that building didn't even know the story. As a matter of fact, he didn't even know the story until after he got home and went onto the internet to read some news from sites that he felt more trusted. So it's interesting that no matter what, nobody questioned the impossibility of an aluminum airplane flying all the way through a structure or an aluminum airplane flying all the way through a multi-walled brick, Kevlar, and steel reinforced Pentagon either. Nobody ever said, well, how did that happen? Because these planes are aluminum. So they were bringing and, and um, advancing the ideas and the thinking of Rebecca Roth, and she's by no means by herself or alone in these kind of exposures. And it's kind of important to start to recognize the, the mode of operations here, the MO. 
the MO of the deep state operators as they're really trying to going from one administration to the next, trying to continuously cover up their crimes of the, the previous people. And of course, many of these people, many of these operators are already dead and gone. Uh, Daddy Bush Sr., he was uh, obviously moving a lot of this stuff forward using Operation Northwoods, uh, uh, um, you know, in September 11th, allowing the CIA and the FBI to be become traitorous criminal organizations aimed as weapons against the American national government and the American people and their democracy and their actual republic here so that they spend more time murdering and wiretapping and trying to prosecute congressmen and senators, right, and judges and stuff, rather than trying to uphold and stabilize and strengthen the apparatus. They're just there to be moved around by the people who can afford to corrupt them and manipulate them, the Soros's of the world, who can afford to use those organizations like Rockefeller before them to insulate themselves and to prosecute and persecute their enemies within the American society. As you can see right now the American military is being destroyed. I think that they should think about deeply about a lawsuit. And I think that in this next Trump administration that they'll will be in a process of bringing back the actual military and getting rid of some of the degenerate psychosexual deviant psychopaths that are running around in there trying to pretend like they're commanders and stuff and they're just skirt wearing dudes you know it's like transvestite show in the pentagon with battle pins on their chest or whatever you call it right all the like whatever man to be we need to mark millie these people out of the out of the place and you can see one of the the fundamental crimes they're trying to cover up is ultimately what happened on 9-11, guys. I mean, all this stuff with Trump and everything, Obama, all this stuff has got to do with the fact that Bush and Obama are basically the same guy in the same presidency with the same masters. And we're all supposed to believe that they're Democrats and Republicans and they're at odds and that this is the back and forth tug of war tussle of real democracy. But it's really not. It's all canned. And you can see that uh, that the CIA psychopaths that ran George Bush Jr. there are the same ones who run who ran who run Obama or his real name is Barry Sartoro. So it's not, it's not like it all twisted. He's, he's the, the progeny of some kind of uh, the, the bastardization of some CIA prostitute. I mean, his mom is just some kind of CIA sex captive sex operative or sex slave. And he, you know, he's just, he's worse than a, a army brat. He's a CIA uh, covert operations base brat, right? So, you know, screw this Obama guy. And, and Big Mike and just the, the whole thing, it's it's going to fail. Just like a, look at Hillary. Everyone wants to throw poo and rotten tomatoes at these people. Their whole deep state sycophant network of traitors is getting exposed here. The people can see it. Uh, I think we're going to over to Trump's side because I think the American people can see how awful it is to be abused by an abusive court, an abusive prosecutor. Lots of people in the city, lots of people who have melanin in their skin have been through the process of being railroaded into jail for stuff you didn't even do. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that's typical for every other person in the world, like regular guys like me getting like ridiculous months long uh, jail sentences for for not having the right paperwork or, you know, being late to pay for your license renewal, right? You go to, go to prison for a quarter of a year, you know? Why not half a year? Why not a whole year, right? Just screw the people. The common man, uh, you know, patriot guy fighting for his, his country and fighting for his cause. Just screw him. Send him to prison, right? And that's what you're seeing Trump experience. He, he's outside of the protection of the deep state. He's outside of the protection of the 
the senior executive agency. So the special protectorate and the special uh, kind of secret society of federal power that that comes in and scoops up all these. It's why uh, Biden, uh, crackhead Biden and all their their disgusting operations have just been hidden. Right. All everything they do, they're all protected. Uh, just like Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Initiative and just like Obama, they're, they're all complete thieves and they're all worthless, bastardized traitors of America. And they're really working for the deep state globalists and they should be thrown out. All right. We should we should get rid of them. They should face the, the trial, fair trial and and uh, consequence and sentence, sentence for what a traitor gets. And I think that we should have military tribunals. And of course, you know, this is stuff that is hard to fathom because all of these these limited hangouts that exist to basically suture and tie off some of the exposure that these operations have and protecting the really serious conspiracy of criminality and the the obscene level of corruption and treachery that a lot of these people in Washington DC are tied up with. So I mean even the the Epstein client list, I think in the end all that stuff is going to be just carefully carefully processed elements of exposure that they're just going to neatly tuck away. You know what I'm saying? Even if some of the client lists come out, I don't think that the full exposure about how many of these pedophile islands exist, how many of the royals went, how many of the nobility, right? Nobody wants to talk about it anymore. So there's these power elites that are going to ultimately be insulated and protected from this and other people are going to go down. But I think that it's a wholesale system of depravity it's a wholesale system of child abuse and, and just operating with impunity against the human race. So that, that humanity to them is just some kind of uh, natural resource for them to like suck the juice out of and use up at will. And the idea that we're in America and we have these protected rights and we have this uh, blockchain or firewall of uh, constitutional law and Republican American values built into our jurisprudence that somehow protects the American people, but of course, you can see over the course of time after the Fourteenth Amendment, you know, and the, and basically demoting American citizenship down and watering it down and debasing it. Now you have this process of just bringing in you know tens and tens of millions of foreigners who are just set up to camp here to bring in a wholesale collapse of the American society as a, you know altogether. And so, with that, is going to be a need for us to defend ourselves and be protected and be def- have extra defense. And you can see what's happening in L.A. A man goes in, he's, he, he shoots intruders that come in, armed intruders that come in to rob him and maybe murder him, and he fights back and he shoots them, and now he's under arrest. So that's going to be the way this goes from here on out. The poor BLM people, they're just hungry. Let them in your house to rob you, and if you defend yourself, you're a white colonialist racist, and you have to go to jail. And so that with that shifting of the jurisprudence and the shifting of the judicial enforcement, uh, which was once a protection, I think now is going to be ultimately a liability for the American people because the courts are going to be used as some kind of Hessian star chamber trial where you're just there to prosecute racial demagoguery in the court. So, you know, it'll just be about skin tone and about, you know, how people feel about a, a racial oppression on the streets. And, you know, and so, you, you know, where in America will you be able to get a fair trial and nowhere in America will murderers and robbers and, and rapists actually go to prison, but you can expect to go to prison when you defend yourself against that. So you're going to have to go ahead and find you a place to go. that's going to be safe that you we won't have that problem. 
And therefore, along those lines, will you see the battle lines drawn, you know, from county to county to state to state and from, you know, kind of region to region within America. And of course, you can see they want to break America up into a regional government with different regions and different governments. And they don't, you know, I think that the process of breaking down America's national government is well underway, including the process of trying to make somehow make Washington, D.C. its own state. You know, how sickening is that? It's like making the, the neighborhood pedophile the, the head daycare worker at your local, local kindergarten daycare center or something, right? And so it's just totally sickening because that power structure needs to be diffused and broken up and brought back into control. And the power of the states needs to be restored and the power of the federal government needs to be brought down so that it's just basically a fire department and uh, they are, they're there to you know, watch the military defense of of, of our country and they're there to operate the border and that's it. And they're a post office. That's it. They, they don't need all this extra trillions of block operations and sending money all around the world to the United Nations, to Palestinians, all that, all that bullshit needs to end. And America needs to be for Americans, just like Ireland needs to be restored to the Irish people. You can see that the Irish people don't run Ireland for the benefit of the Irish. The, Ir- the Ireland is run for the benefit of the deep state globalists who are there to just pervert world history and pervert the last, you know, 10,000 years of human history because they're getting old and they're scared to die, right? Isn't that what it's basically coming down? They're getting all getting old and getting scared to die to face whatever consequences come to their pedophilic murderous asses, right? And too bad Tom, Tom Hanks isn't old enough to be included in this. I guess we have to kind of have him around for a few more decade, decades, but they will be not able to show their faces because we're going to expose them for what they are. They think they're going to kill us all off. So there'll be no exposure because we'll all be dead in America, right? Like that's their plan. They're rushing forward to, to try to make that happen, but they're bumbling morons. And I don't think that it's going to succeed. I don't think that they control reality or destiny the way they think they do. They don't even control their own lives. They can't even control themselves. I mean, look at these Hunter Biden, pederast, rapist type individuals. And, you know, using drugs against women to get, get sex out of them is drug rape, right? So Hunter Biden is a drug rapist, right? You know, getting, using the overpowering urge of drug addiction and, and, uh, and the chemistry of drug dependency to basically make women work for sex as sex workers. Is, is drug rape, dude. You know what I'm saying? So it's disgusting. They're disgusting in every possible way. And they're, they're going into the pit with all this on them, with all this attached to them without any kind of restoration or repentance or renewal or kind of like, I've changed my life. You know, I'm, I'm turning things around. I'm now going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to do good where before I harmed. Then none of that's happening, right? These people are totally sold out degenerates. They're only getting more degenerate as they get older. Even like, Look at these people like Biden. You can see how deeply perverse their souls are because their their bodies are old and dried up, but they still can't help themselves but try to snuggle up towards little five-year-old girls and shit. It's disgusting. Like You know what I mean? We ought to wipe these people off the face of the earth, right? What is stopping us? What is stopping us from having the courage in ourselves and in our God? And like we're not running out like maniacs with our hair on fire. We're just we're waiting for all this to play out. I think that's important. It's excruciating. It's painful, but we have to press on the giant pit bull and we have to squirt all the nasty shit out and we have to apply the ointment. We have to, in order to get well again, we need to go through this process of recognizing and seeing how corrupt and sickening and gangrenous the wound is, right? And if we can't see that, then ultimately we can't adjust to it and we can't like, you know, cope with the process of healing. So 
all the, the Epstein stuff, I think there's more of that to come because the more of that that we see, the more that it kind of gets pulled down, we pull out the narrative, we destroy the deep state propaganda, we, we're going to find more and more and more as we go. So they're, you know, they'll be able to kill a lot of these people off, but ultimately we're going to get someone who is going to basically spill the beans and, and tell more, and it's going to lead from one thing to the another. And so we have to pray for Trump. We have to pray for America. And we have to hope that God will not let us get the just rewards, the just desserts of what we deserve here, but ultimately in our lives, in your lives, in our family lives, they, they over there are not going to repent. They're going to continue to do, to do more and more wickedly, and they're going to continue to up the escalation of this and up the insanity level to try to ultimately wreck everything to escape responsibility because they're getting old, right? So they're, they're getting to the end of their lives, so why not just wreck the whole thing? They feel they're not going to be around here to see it. I mean, that's kind of how Biden looks to me. He, he looks like he's ready to overturn the entire world and let America sink like a Titanic to the bottom of the ocean with everyone in it, with it because what does he care? He's old. He can barely walk. He's shitting his pants. The 16-year-old babysitter that he raped now like gives him orders around the White House. I mean, it's disgusting. They're all, they're all disgusting, right? Let's just, let's just admit that. And it's kind of, be, it's almost shocking to the core to be able to have to recognize and, and delineate and see how great this travesty is. Their lives from day to day are, are not worth living. The money that they steal for their own perverse lusts isn't worth the effort that and the, and the crimes and the prison sentences that go along with it because they're not doing anything for the world. They're just riding around stroking their own masturbatory egos to try to, you know, to try to like act like they're rich and famous and powerful. But these degenerates couldn't even steal enough money from the American people to be billionaires. Look at Ukraine. Like Zelensky, he's got to be a billionaire 10 times over, but not Biden. He's pathetic. They can't even steal right. They can't they can molest their own kids. They're just, they're all degenerates, right? So I can't say enough about that. I can't go hard enough against it. So we're going to continue this. And it's just the process of making war. And this is how it's done in America. This is how civil victory has gotten. This is how we overcome. We're going to ridicule them out of the public square. They're not going to be able to show their disgusting faces anymore. And we don't have to, you know, they're, they're trying to spin reality and pretend, you know, preserve the old way where, where, oh, I'm, I'm Tom Hanks. I'm such a rich celebrity. Everyone watch out when I come through and make way. Here comes Tom Hanks. I made the movie big. Ugh, actually, now that I think about it, that's fucking disgusting. Like all, all y'all, I mean, I mean, who, whoever introduced Michael Jackson and Steven Spielberg and, and Hunter Biden and whoever introduced all these people to the same people and they're in the same little, clusterfuck club of child rape is they're, they're all disgusting we need to just kind of like stop drinking pepsi with the fat ugly santa claus on it right right <laughs> stop giving ourselves over to this saturnalia cult of romanism that's really that, that's what it's all about that's why she was I, I wanted to play that part where she was talking about it was important for her to say alan dolis and point that out because alan dolis is really going to be what we're looking at in the in the last generation's exposure of this deep state globalist cabal, as we understand it, and to understand how central the Vatican is in that, how Alan Dulles and his brother, right? Alan Dulles is ultimately a skull and bonesman out of Yale. He's ultimately a knight of Malta with that high level elite secret society and power structure that he's that he represents is a military agency. So these are people who shouldn't be in positions of power in our country because they represent foreign powers. They represent popery. They represent the interests of all their foreign alliances around the world. 
This is how we're going to end up with individuals like this are going to be how we're going to end up with Operation Gladio and these kind of preparations all around the world for the destruction of the Westphalian nation state, right? Of any, of any kind. And to kind of ultimately bring us into this dialectic with communism, et cetera, et cetera. And so these are, these are high level controllers that are interested in working geopolitics to use like a leech, like a parasite to use American power, wealth, and military strength and our young to ultimately craft a global world order that will destroy the America, right? So we have to get rid of these people. These individuals have got to go. I mean, they're, they're all out of Georgetown University. They're all connected with the Jesuits. And we're looking at the, the past here with Alan Dulles, but the same individuals, the same elite power structure is in place. The same, the same thing is happening with the director who's there, uh, William J. Tennant on 9-11. Same thing as Alan Dulles. Same schools, same power structure, same Knight of Malta, military phalanx operating secretly in the background, directing the affairs of our country. So we can expect nothing good in the the prosecution of warfare around the world with our military, with our ships going up and down the Straits of Hormuz or whatever they're doing. Like We can expect ultimately that they're going to lead us into this place, this catastrophic place, and they don't have any problem sacrificing our military assets because they represent a different military allegiance. Okay, so the Knights of Malta and their secret occult military strength is there to take care of and support their their allegiance to their nobility. And above them, above the nobility and the princes and lords is the Vatican structure. And these Knights of Malta and these papal knights serve that structure. And they don't care about the military. They're there as a false flag. They're there as a traitor. They're there as a betrayer and a spy. And they're only there in the military of the United States to serve their foreign masters. That's why she was pointing out the religious affiliation of all these families that control the media, like Rupert Murdoch, who is, let's all say it together, a Knight of Malta. And you can go ahead and look that up and what that means and how these are not not just deep state actors, not just elite globalists and, and geopoliticians, of a world government, but they're serving the same world government that they always served. They existed before the time of America, before 1776, the same world government and system of ubiquitous uh, power and nobility and bloodlines that ultimately the original Americans were fighting against. They just are there now represented by Mario Bogoglio, by Klaus Schwab and all these other kind of deep state globalist pigs who are now trying to right now, Mario Bogoglio is trying to trot transgenderism and homosexuality up into the into the Vatican. And of course, that just goes, right? Homosexuality and, and, and sexual perversion and child pedophilia, all that goes together with Saturnalia, with the cults of Rome, with their orgiastic revelry and their disgusting and irreverent worship of the darkest nights of the year. End of December there, December 25th, the winter solstice, the darkest nights of the year is not the birth of Jesus Christ. But it, so you can see that all these things are working together to become what they are what they, and, and, and to be an exposure and externalization of the inner seeker hierarchy as it comes out. And you can see ultimately that they're all working together. They're, they're all part of this same globalist operation that requires that the rest of the world have to obey their new agenda. So as we're going forward here, let's discuss more. We've, we just spent a lot of time with Rebecca Roth. I think she's crucial. It's crucial for you to hear ideas that are not allowed in the media, to hear criticism and exposure of government operations and secret black budget operations that are anti-American, that are against American values and against, that actually bring harm and weakness and instability to America. 
And so these 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 FBI's they can they can go. They were created with an executive order. Uh, the, the very beginning of them was there to serve organized crime and to ser- work together with the princes of American power and the, the Knights of Columbus and the Knights of, of Malta. And these pa- other papal knighthood orders were ultimately operating within the FBI. So that the FBI is really just a suspect organization from the very inception. And so it was the CIA. The CIA was uh, created by Knights of Malta and power, ultramontane power elites and globalists like Joseph P. Kennedy, right? He was a Knight of Malta. He was uh, an individual who was the father of JFK. And, you know, these are the kind of individuals who can get their sons leveraged into positions of power in America. That's what Skull and Bones is all about. And ultimately, you can see that really, if we're going to really be honest about it, the process of destroying American national sovereignty is really just an aspect of the war against the Protestant Reformation. And it's the warfare of the counter-reformation of the Jesuits and the papacy that ultimately makes war against any government in the world that doesn't get down and bend the knee to the Pope. And of course, who knows what Pope will be next, you know? Maybe the next Pope will say we all have to eat dog shit every day. I mean, this guy wants us to accept transgender uh, queerization in the Vatican. You see what I'm saying? So we can't let the Church of God, literally, be headed by some kind of perverse power pigs in Rome. We can't pretend like the perverse power pigs in Rome have some kind of universal church, and that is the, the church of God, and we all have to submit to it. We, we have to stop pretending, guys. We have to stop pretending that any of their dogmas or rituals are beneficial in any kind of way. They've had you guys wrapped up inside your mind, deep inside your consciousness, and the brainwash is intense, right? They, they were brainwashing people before the CIA existed, right? We had the IHS. We had the Jesuits there to practice torture and brainwashing and burning people at the stake and implementing the Inquisition for the Pope. And right, we had them all along sneaking into America under the guise of painters and teachers and various disguises, right? That even our, our, our famous presidents discussed how dangerous and evil and maniacal the Jesuits were. And of course, during their, their famous extinguishment, right, when they were sent out of existence in 1773, when Clement the Fourteenth finally, somebody finally, for the love of God, it's like trying to get Trump back in office. Finally, for the love of God, uh, some authority figure got up there who, who understood how demented and how dangerous and how murderous the Jesuits were and are, and you know, expelled them from existing, like extinguished them with a bull, not with some kind of notation. It was a bull, and it was there to extinguish the Jesuits forever. And it was during that time when they were lawfully prosecuted out of Europe and sent away that they came into America and set up the Jesuit Georgetown University in 1789. But of course, 1789, guys, it's right in the middle of the supposed extinction of the Jesuits. And they would be brought back to life, of course, around 1813, 1814. Another pope who they controlled would come back in there and bring them back to life. And there was the restoration of the Jesuits, right? So in that time, when they were working uh, to run the Illuminati and run Napoleon all around Europe and doing all the things to basically murder their their enemies and have their revenge, they would uh, be busy meddling in academia by setting up Jesuit Georgetown University. And of course, Jesuit Georgetown University was ultimately the, it is now ultimately the place that controls Washington, D.C. and basically set Washington, D.C. to become a district of Columbia, to become this special capital city with special capital police and special powers over the rest of the of the of the territories and states of America so that we're under this empire this empire of district of columbia and you can see that the district of columbia is a special sovereign territory just like the secret city of london the banking square mile is a secret sovereign territory and a separate city and an occult hidden city within london proper 
And just like the Vatican City is its own sovereign state, its own nation state within the city of London, so now you can see Washington, D.C. is this separate territory, this separate private entity. It's a, its own private corporation now, right? All caps, right? So we went from Constitution of the United States of America, lowercase, to United States Constitution, uppercase. All uppercase, all corporate, corporately held, right? All completely controlled. And that's what you're going to find out is the the connection between Rome, London, and Washington, D.C. is going to be the the spine and the line of power that really ties in this power structure and this elite occult apparatus that that we're speaking of now. So it, it shouldn't surprise us that these very wealthy princes and lords and and tyrants of Europe have been working so hard to not only capture America once again, but also capture Europe. Look at Europe. Look at the European Union. That's the future of their new papal design, right? Is this technotronic control structure where the people have no rights and they will tell you what and they will they will crystallize your debt forever with a CBDC, right? A central bank digital instrument that basically uh, makes sure that your state of national dependence and your state of national insolvency and bankruptcy is permanent, right? That's just the permit. So they, they don't want you to pay back and finally resolve the note and get back into the black ink out of the red ink. They want you to keep you and your progeny forever in the red ink for the rest of the existence of time. This is just a permanent status quo. So we, we didn't go into banking with these people in order to help enrich ourselves and to bring us up into a new level of civilization and, and to have high financing for the benefit of the society. No, this was a process of bankrupting and deliberately enslaving the entire American populace to a national debt currency that would bring us to this national debt calamity. And you can't get out of it. You can't say that you weren't involved because your social security numbers are tied to the debt because the representatives you sent to Washington, D.C. borrowed the debt from the treasury and from these international banks based on your ability to pay it back. You, your social security number, your IRS, your EIN number, your information owes it. Okay, Other people from Venezuela or El Salvador that just came here, they're undocumented. Guess what that means? They don't owe that. Okay, they don't owe it. They're not being taxed for it. The IRS doesn't look up their their social security number, doesn't look up their address, and doesn't look for them. They look for you, sir. You, American white man or black man, right? We're we're stuck in a black and white dialectic, right? We we have to be blacks and whites. We can't we can't just recognize that we're American men and that we're being enslaved with this. They they, they want to put us as two starved cats in a bag. Beat the bag with a with a, a bat and throw it in the water, and you know you know what happens inside the bag, right? That's us. We have to be smarter than this. We have to recognize we're not blacks and whites. We're not whatever the tone, the complexion tone of our the melanin content in our epidermis doesn't define who we are or tell you anything about who we are, or where we're from. But we, what is more important is that we have been made American debtors. We were American freemen. We went to war in the north. And in the, in the South over this whole issue. And ultimately, they use that conflict to benefit the process of bringing America down as a whole. So that the American freemen who fought to, uh, to get those people free, they didn't get those people free. They just lost their own right to be private citizens. Okay, so now you're a national citizen of the United States. Before you were a private citizen within your state. Maybe you were a Floridian at that time. Did Florida exist? I think it did. I think Florida was the only state in the war of the Civil War not to surrender, right? Some of the other states surrendered, but Florida never surrendered. So that's something that people in Florida tell me. How about that? 
right? So that's an issue. That's the issue that we're going to be facing in the future because they know that the Southern men don't take easily to being enslaved or to being told what to do. And neither do the men in the North. So the men in the North fought for one thing and got a different thing. And the men in the South fought for one thing and they got a different thing too. So ultimately fighting a civil war to try to get what you want isn't going to be an effective way. I think we've already proved that. But ultimately it leaves us with fewer options on the table because that ultimately being having warmongers draw us into conflict with one another defeats us, all of us. So what do we have to do? We have to focus on the target. We have to know the nature of the warfare. We have to see how asymmetrical, how unrestricted, right? And how covert the warfare is and how they're carefully diagramming the, the entire American people. So with, with what, AI, right? That, that's the kind of thing. So now we have to overcome that. We have to overcome the technotronic age with our own resilience as the American people. That's right. It's time for a word from our awesome and exciting and sexy sponsor, Wendy's Boutique Limited. You guys remember how this goes. Wendy's Boutique Limited is the hottest designer couture online. 2023 is limited catalog is here, hottest new styles, limited selection, and everything you need to be an amazing and incredible woman. And of course, at Wendy's Boutique, we do not suffer the... Uh, the left's misappropriation of womanhood and to weird uh, transgender uh, debauchery over here. Wendy's Boutique is all woman. And we have amazing Van Cleef and Arpels jewelry, incredible. Marco Bizio, I see right here on the front page. I hear sale on Savage Christian Dior Cologne. Of course, everybody loves that. It's a bestseller. I see Hermes watches, WB Fine Jewels of the highest order. Wendy's Boutique Limited is Boutique Supremacy Online. If you don't have Wendy'sLimited.com, you, ha you don't have anything, guys. And we have, of course, up here on the front deck, you see Prada purses, the most incredible jewelry. Everything here is absolutely guaranteed to be the best price and absolutely 100% pure couture, designer labels, and fine designer jewelry at Wendy's Boutique Limited. You have to come check out the Rage. Of course, Wendy's Boutique Limited recently canceled Balenciago because Balenciago's trash. Wendy'sLimited.com is everything you need. Time to get into an important topic that will help us understand the architecture of control that we presently live under. I want everyone to understand this because understanding this will help us understand how the world is still run today. We want to understand Russia gay, Russia collusion, which many of us know were a bunch of baloney, was a bunch of baloney when that all came out. We knew that a long time ago. I made videos uh, pretty quickly in 2017, 2016, 17, that uh, got a lot of views pointing out that this was essentially disinformation. 
And then we saw the entire architecture of all that be dismantled. And I've come across some really good podcasts that tie it in as well to not just uh, Spygate with the script balls and uh, all of that nonsense, but also tying it into the Ukraine situation right now. So all of these things actually are connected and they're not disconnected from the recent Twitter files. All of this goes together and all this is part of a unified story of the architecture of control, namely the original Mockingbird program. And then what I'm and others are calling Mockingbird 2.0. I don't remember if somebody else used that term or if I came up with that or it might even be in one of these uh, really in-depth podcasts, which is uh, going to be the subject of part two. And a lot of that was collated uh, news stories. So we're going to be going through a lot of those collated news stories. Some of that will probably be a little too hot for YouTube, a little too spicy and sassy. So you can get the full podcast moving up into the full breakdown of those modern stories, a.k.a. Russia collusion, Spygate, Pgate, uh, Skripal, Ukraine, all of that in part two. For part one, we're going to be looking at the Almost a small book, it's basically a, a, a mini novel, you could say, even though it's not fiction, a, a small book novella of faction, which is over at Spartacus Educational, and uh, it's a great website for geopolitical breakdowns. Uh, I don't believe every, if I cite a, a website to you as a source, do not assume that I believe everything that that source says or that I agree with all of their political views or opinions or that I am therefore some sort of atheist leftist or whatever it is you think when you hear me cite a source. It is, as far as I can tell, one of the best breakdowns of Mockingbird in terms of the original 40s and 50s program up into the 1970s. And we're going to look at the architecture of that, how it worked. And we'll see that, guess what? It didn't go away. It transferred over to the virtual world. The same architecture of how information operations were run for Desert Storm, for the Iraq War, was also collated and, and basically based, based on really just the architecture of Mockingbird. And so if you want to know the source, it is Operation Mockingbird, again, over at Spartacus Educational, which printed out, comes out to about a small book. And it's very well documented. In fact, Half of the article is the article, and the other half of the article is the footnotes, which run all the way, basically, another 20 or 30 pages. So together, it's about a 50-page, 60-page printout. Maybe it's more than that because it's front and back. I don't even know because it's not paginated. But it goes for many, many pages. And I will, because there's so many footnotes, I will be also going to the footnotes. I don't know if we'll get through, the, through all those today. Because it's a lot of information. And you will notice this information overlaps with a lot of the information that you've heard me cover. Ties into the David Wimhoff text. Ties into the John Mc... Uh, uh, I always get the McCloys mixed up. The, the Not the CFR guy, but the uh, Politics of Heroin book. Ties into Cold War text. Ties into what we just dis uh, discussed with Oppenheimer and the Cold War and the Bomb Almighty. A lot of that will overlap with Mockingbird, and you will see, oh, actually, yes, all these things are connected. Not connected in some wild, fancied, crazy-eyed, fringe, loon person's theorizing, but in factual geopolitical 
tomes of which we have covered many. Let's get into it. Uh, also, I did want to mention before we get into this, people didn't know this. People were like, people were sending me this, like I didn't know this. I'm like, Jamie's covered this for years. Yeah, so of course, Walt Disney put out cartoons of Donald Duck doing family planning. Who didn't know this? Here it is. Um, family planning, 1968, and it's all about eugenics. It's all about uh, depop. It's all about too many people, and they use. Uh, they barely. They use a barely Hispanic family. Hey, Holmes. Hey, fool. Better get over here. There's barely a Donald Duck, and basically, he's like trying to tell people to not have too many kids. So, like, regardless. You better send somebody over here and, uh, you know, like, tell Donald to be quiet or whatever because he's basically telling – and they use Hispanics is what I'm saying that, you see. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Stop having kids is what Donald Duck and Walt were telling people back then. And it's very famous, very well-known. Population control film by Walt. Children in large families are sick and unhappy. Very – very famous, very well-known. A lot of people are like, whoa! You mean, whoa, to the stuff that we've been talking about forever? There you go. Come on now. You know my cholo voice is funny. Uh, I got more views on Instagram, oddly enough, than I got anywhere else, which is weird. It says, Population Council is credited with bringing the abrasion pill to the United States. It was organized in 1952 by David Rockefeller III. Frederick Osborne was a founding member of the American Eugenics Society in 1957. Osborne wrote, eugenic goals are most likely attained through names other than eugenics. Exactly. Hence, Margaret Sanger, Citizens for Planned Parenthood, published the birth control review in 1938. As we've documented, this uh, live action article is saying, some speculate that Planned Parenthood's slogan, Every Child a Wanted Child, might have actually originated with Osborne. In 1969, the Population Council, Bernard Berylson. Now, you've probably heard of this because I've, I have i don't know how many times I've, uh, Berylson Jaffe memo. I've shared this probably 50, 100 times in the last 10 years, and it never fails that someone sends this to me, um, letting me know that this exists. Yes, I know. I know it exists. The Berylson Jaffe Memorandum, it is real. It's not fake. Population Council, 1969 by Frederick Jaffe. And the memo goes out, and it discusses, as you can see, on the left, Restructuring the family. These are the goals for Planned Parenthood in 1969. So you can see from this that the SEX revolution had nothing to do with your freedoms. Your liberties had to do with social control. And we're going to see that that's exactly what Mockingbird is about as well. And I'm more than aware that Mockingbird was a Cold War project. I mean, it, initially, that's essentially what it becomes. I mean, you could argue that. Technically, it's right at the brink of the Cold War, but it exists because of the supposed communist Soviet threat. But the problem is that the structures that are then ensconced, what we call the DEEP state, 
what we call the invisible government, was really entrenched due to and via the Cold War. The problem then is that, as Eisenhower pointed out, the military-industrial complex, which then controls this deep state, which is also essentially an adjunct of the uh, giant banking dynasties, can then control the whole country. And they control the country not just through controlling politicians, but by the mighty Wurlitzer of the Operation Mockingbird, which eventually, as far as we even know, I'm sure it was more than what we know, 400 journalists by uh, the time of the church committee throughout the world. I'm sure it was more than that. But as you can see, yes, the Berylson Jaffe memo mentions restructuring the family, compulsory education of children, increased Skittles, encouraging family limitation, fertility controls in the water supply, which we've talked about. Oh, I thought that was a crazy tinfoil hat thing. No, it's all real. All this is real. Modify the tax policies to make it harder to have children. On, on, on. Social controls. On, on, on. Everything we talked about. So, please, you don't need to send me this. It has been, I've known about all this stuff for 20 years. So, and then I got deeper into the geopolitical stuff as time went on. Population Council brags that Disney collaborated on this timeline, translating this film into 25 languages. So Donald Duck telling you to have abrasions and limiting your family went out to 25 different countries. The film refers to the common man as one of the animals, and therefore he must be called, you see. Uh, here is the full essay breaking down this. You can go read this if you want to at this website. But that is not what we're going to be talking about today. I did want to cover it, though, because it, again, shows us the same structure that's running Mockingbird has as its operating philosophy what we're talking about. And here is the full video. You can go watch the Disney cartoon right there. So all of the people at the CIA that are going to be essentially running Mockingbird have the philosophy of Malthusianism, and that's what this is all about. And it also explains why a lot of people uh, in the McCarthy period couldn't figure out what was really going on. And I think we should, you know, we have to give some, um, cut some slack to those people because, you know, hardly anybody in the 40s or 50s and 60s, unless you were in on the project, would know or could know or could believe that, this is what the invisible government was up to. Now that we have access to, you know, just infinite information, we have more access nowadays. Uh, a kid has more access. Well, at least maybe before, maybe prior to Google tweaking the algorithm, right? There was a, a window where a kid had more access than a uh, CIA director in the 1960s or 70s, you see, to access to information. I'm not saying they're smarter, just access. <laughs> and so, although this structure did give the internet, uh, I think partly as an experiment to us, the military industrial complex structure, I think they also realized that, okay, uh, let's pull back on this, especially in the last... Uh, 10 years, right? They started really scaling back, really censoring, really locking down based on uh, where the data, where the information took them in terms of free flow of information by the internet, hence 
everything changing since 2015, 16, since the Trump era. And Trump, as we know, becomes the, the great excuse for this. The bot farms, the uh, Russian uh, influencing of the election, all of which is complete bull. And why was all that uh, rolled out? Because of the upset. And we're going to see that the CIA, together with British intelligence, absolutely went into overdrive to concoct and come up with these narratives of Russia collusion, of P-gate, on and on and on. And they spun all that and churned all that out exactly as they churned all this stuff out to go after people like McCarthy. Now, that does not mean that McCarthy uh, had it all figured out because it turns out McCarthy was duped into kind of this low-tier thinking of, oh, the commies in Moscow have all taken over the government. And even I think McCarthy couldn't fathom that, no, it's actually the Western money elite, the Rockefellers and others that are behind the leftist socialist turns in America. That's because a lot of people couldn't figure out what Fabian socialism is. And in fact, uh, I think a couple of these British operatives that are that were uh, running all of this steel dossier, P-Gate stuff, they're actually Fabians. And why do I keep saying Fabians? Because as we'll read through this, a lot of the people can't figure out that even though the CIA was anti-Soviet, that does not mean the CIA was a right-wing institution. There may have been some right-wing people in the CIA. But as the recent publication in Foreign Affairs Journal or whatever it was that we've cited many, many times, uh, CIA and the left, new left or something like that, points out that, no, uh, the CIA was always pushing liberal ideas, leftist ideas. And its anti-communist stance and anti-Soviet stance does not mean that it was a conservative institution. In fact, it was a different type of liberalism. So let's understand that. What, what does that mean? In 1948, Frank Wisner was appointed director of the Office of Special Projects, which then became the Office of Policy Coordination. That, as we've covered, was the American CIA or OSS version of the British SOA Special Operations Executive. So basically doing the black ops, the sabotage, and that's what it goes on to say. Wisner was then told to create an organization that would specialize in propaganda, economic warfare, preventative direct action, sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition, extraction of uh, evacuation measures, subversion, black ops, uh, assistance to underground resistance groups, and supporting all indigenous anti-communist elements in the entire, quote, free world. So, oh, okay, cool. So we're going to fight the Cold War and we're going to do all these black ops and psyops. Well, isn't that good? We don't want the commies to win. Yeah, but does that mean that the people doing this, the people fighting this, are right-wingers? No, that's your mistake, Boomer. The people doing this and engaging in this are not right-wingers. Now, there might have been some of them that were right-wingers. But in fact, as we'll see, many of the individuals that were running these operations in, this, in the OSS and CIA were later suspected of being communists. Why? Because they were leftists, because they were Fabians. They weren't Soviets, but they liked a lot of socialist leftist ideas, and many of them were committed uh, Democrats. And remember, Fabianism is not anti-democracy. It favors all forms of alliances to bring about uh, a socialism, even alliances, and especially alliances with big capital. The Fabians believe that capitalism is an aid 
to socialism, not an enemy. And that's why Fabianism has been uh, much more successful. And that's why these uh, P. Gates, Steele dossier people, many of them uh, are like literally from the British Fabian Society. So we go back to the 1940s, and Wisner is uh, uh, working to create this operation that becomes uh, eventually is called Mockingbird, a program to influence the entirety of domestic American media. Now we know about the uh, what was it, uh, the NDAA, uh, and the removal of the forbidding the legal the removal of the legal forbidding of propagandizing the American public. Well. They don't care because uh, prior to NDAA and prior to all that, they were just doing it illegally. That's why Mockingbird was somewhat of a scandal because it wasn't legal to do. And then they just said, okay, well, we'll get rid of the law against doing it. So there we go. Later that year, uh, Wisner's first recruit uh, was Philip Graham of the Washington Post. So the first paper to fold become a mouthpiece for the OSS in the Cold War was the Washington Post. Now, you say, but again, aren't these the good guys? Okay, well, you can think that, think whatever you want about the Cold War, but now you understand why the Washington Post and all these outlets have parroted all the same shadow government establishment nonsense ever since, because it's been a mouthpiece of the CIA since the Cold War, you see. So in other words, now we know who the masters are. and just because communism is bad doesn't mean that these Fabian socialists in the CIA are the good guys. Can you not see that? I mean, now you understand why the Washington Post, Catherine Graham, Philip Graham, and that empire has pushed all of the same garbage ever since. And it doesn't stop there. It becomes all of the giant media conglomerates. This is so big because... See the parallels now with Twitter files? Of course. It's the exact same operation. It's just transferred from the old print media over to online. In fact, Wisner recruited Philip Graham to run the project with him. Graham recruited others who had a background in military intelligence, especially during the wartime, that is World War II. Uh, the first crop was James Truett, Russell Wiggins, Phil Galen, John Hayes, Alan Barth, Stuart Alsop, Joseph Alsop, James Reston, and what was known as the Georgetown set. Oh, okay, so Georgetown University and the Jesuits, exactly. Jesuits, oh, from the earliest days, we've already covered uh, Father Felix, what's his name, that was working for the OSS, the Dominican ecumenist, who was an OSS operative. We covered that in the uh, Gladio text. And by the way, a lot of this will overlap with Gladio, as you'll see. According to Deborah Davis, author of Catherine Grant, Catherine the Great, by the 1950s, Frank Wisner owned the respective members of the New York Times, Newsweek, CBS, and all the other communication vehicles that you might think of. By 1951, Dallas, Alan Dulles persuaded Cord Meyer to join the CIA. However, evidence was that he was recruited many years earlier and was already spying on the liberal organizations that had been a member since the 1940s. According to Deborah Davis, Meyer became Mockingbird's principal operative. One of the most important journalists of this time uh, for Mockingbird was Joseph Alsop, whose articles appeared in over 300 different newspapers. And this is the, I think, the astounding part, is the list of the people in, in the 19, is this still 40s? Yeah, late 40s, early 50s. Uh, all of these, the CIA was controlling all of these institutions. 
New York Herald Tribune, Newsweek, New York Times. C.D. Jackson was working in Mockingbird for Time Magazine. And as we know from the Wim Hof book, C.D. Jackson was also running the doctrinal warfare program to co-op the Roman Catholic Church to become an institution of Americanist soft power, together with John Courtney Murray, uh, CIA asset of the Jesuits. Walter Pincus, Washington Post, Walter Mitchell, New York Daily Mirror, Drew Pearson, Walter Lipmont. Interesting. There we go. Some Tavistock people, Chicago Daily News, Hal Hendricks, Miami News, Whitelaw Reed, New York Tribune, Jerry O'Leary, Washington Star, uh, again, Miami, Miami, Chicago Times, on and on and on. These journalists sometimes wrote articles directly commissioned by Wisner. The CIA provided them with classified information uh, for help with the work. After 1953, the network was overseen by Dulles. So Dulles takes over in 1953 after Wisner. By this time, uh, Mockingbird had influence in over 25 major newspapers and wire agencies. These were run by people like William Paley, exactly, who was also at CBS. Henry Luce of Time Magazine steps in, exactly. Arthur Hayes, uh, Schultzberger, New York Times. Helen Rogers, the New York Tribune. Dorothy Schiff, New York Post. Again, all of the major news organizations, dummies, do not get this. They're all just voice piece, mouthpiece of the CIA. And the justification is, oh, the Cold War. And that doesn't make communism good any more than I think Islam's good due to the justifications of all the same stuff in the war on T-E-R-R-O-R. -R. Can you not understand that they're both bad? Can you not understand managed conflicts, managed dialectics? The Office of Policy Coordination was funded by siphoning off funds from the Marshall Plan. Some of this money was used to bribe journalists and publishers. Wisner was constantly looked at uh, for ways to help scare the public the dangers of communism, enter in all the nuke fears, enter in the stop, drop, and roll, get under your desk. Hollywood then began uh, to produce films like Animal Farm, written by Orwell. So yes, if you didn't know, uh, CIA directly was involved in the production of Animal Farm. I mean, they basically said, we're going to do this. But there's an, a great section uh, on other projects the CIA just kind of had their hands in. Um, but some projects, they actually just absolutely 100% run ran um, and this is also where we get Cecil B. DeMille being recruited along with uh, Zanuck, Daryl Zanuck and other members of Hollywood including John Ford, yeah, OSS filmmaker John Ford, Daryl Zanuck of 20th Century Fox, Cecil B. DeMille of Paramount were all part of Mockingbird and that was due to everybody playing on the patriotism and remember it was Fulton Sheen who played the uh, intelligence role of uh, basically being a kind of handler advisor to Claire Booth Luce, who was doing a bunch of sex operations. Um, and that's also covered by Wim Hof. So whenever I hear the track cast talking about Fulton Sheen and all this stuff, and I've read his books against communism, uh, and I'm like, yeah, rolling my eyes because I know that a lot of that was just uh, hyped up and a lot of scare tactics, fear-mongering, as is pointed out here in the Spartacus text. Luce was the owner of a large American media empire, and thus was crucial to sort of the one of the key pillars of Mockingbird. Um, for example, in the 1950s, 3,000 salaried contract CIA employees were in, engaged in propaganda efforts everywhere, particularly to promote two operations at this time 
the overthrow of Mossadegh in Iran, uh, and the installment of the Shah, Operation Ajax, and then the coup in Guatemala. Those are just two examples of that that time. So Luce, um, we know a lot about Luce from David Wimhoff's text, which we lectured through, but Luce, of course, uh, Skull and Bones, OSS Networks, Eastern Establishment. Luce was stunned by uh, Truman's defeat of Dewey in 1948. In the fall of 1949, China had fallen. The Democratic Institution Administration had failed to save Chiang Kai-shek. So we get the rise of Mao. But of course, it was the OSS that was training Mao's guerrillas, as it was later declassified. So Donovan was over there literally helping out Mao. Uh, and people don't know that Mao was a Yale at Yale in China. So uh, it's my I think that it's pretty obvious that the OSS was very instrumental in the rise of Mao uh, because they wanted Maoism. They wanted to foster a lot of these movements. Uh, and that's actually why later on so many John Birchers and McCarthyites were like, we've got commies everywhere in the government. They didn't understand that. Now, there's a higher level game being played uh, of wealthy people who, like David Rockefeller, are big fans of Mao. I mean, David Rockefeller wrote two New York Times editorials praising Mao and praising socialism. Well, I wonder how it is. Well, it's because he's a Fabian socialist. Fabian's ally with big capital. This led to the narrative, though, that the Democrats were soft on communism, and this is where we get uh, Henry Luce and Time Magazine really pushing the, you know, trad cat uh, narrative of um, get all the commies in the government everywhere, and that, you know, Stalin has put thousands of commies in the government. No, no, no. There was a handful of communists, uh, according to Quigley, that were actually communists, and not many of those people actually achieved high levels of power. If we're talking about NKVD and Soviets, now there were a lot of leftist socialist activists who were in the OSS and the CIA, but that's because these people are imbued with democracy and liberalism and Fabian socialism, not Sovietism. Different thing. So that does that help explain? Do people understand now why it works that way? Why? It's London. London is the center of Marxism, not Moscow. World Marxism and world revolution come out of New York and London, not Moscow. It's exported to Moscow. And very wealthy people had it exported for, for many reasons. So we have this uh, right-wing, left-wing dialectic going on in the, in the, in the Cold War period uh, in America. We're in the 1950s. Luce uses magazines to uh, get Eisenhower elected. Eisenhower appoints Claire Booth Luce, who again is a sex honeypot operative. She becomes ambassador to Italy, the first American woman ambassador to a major country. And remember, she's riding back and forth the full machine. Claudio Accogoli, the Italian historian, argues that Luce was heavily involved in covert anti-communist activities with local CIA personnel. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's what Wimhoff argues too. Larry Hancock. Uh, Adds with no holds barred uh, political activism and heavy spending, including support of the Italian Secret Service. Loose and the CIA managed to block the takeover of center left governments and the alliance of the Christian Democrats and the Socialist Democrats in Italy. And that's, of course, where uh, William Colby and Gladio come in, which we've covered in the Gladio text. Now, that does not mean that I'm, I'm saying communism is good. Again, all you low IQ people that say this stuff, just please listen, man. 
listen to what I'm saying. It's more complex than your boomer narrative. So truly, we are just absolutely pressed for time. And we are just trying to expose you to some of the actual academic intellectual foundation for the, the history of reality. So you can kind of like snap out of it because I know that the psychodrone of the corporate mockingbird media can can cause a lot of damage and cause a lot of people to be living in carefully articulated delusions. And later on, they fall apart. It takes about a year talking to relatives about this particular detail that every, every kind of delusional utterance of deceit and falsehood that the corporate media structure articulates makes those people horrible criminal liars, paid deceivers, right? Across these electronic mass market, mass media networks. And it takes about a year for the reality to kind of start setting in for, for the actual delusion to, to be broken up by the receipts, by the paperwork, by the signal breaking through all the noise, by enough people finding out that the, the truth is is being buried under a mountain of media and lies. And so these these billionaires are ultimately buying and selling these little myopic and antiquated, archaic print media like Washington Post. These people are printing out putrid falsehood and lies day and night, right? And they go to great lengths to fly all around the world just to misrepresent the stories and retell the facts in a deceitful way so that they're not even remotely similar relevant to the actual news reality. So it becomes clear as you go through here and he discusses the loose the loose family and you have to recognize, like he said, loose ultimately, skull and bones, Knight of Malta, Vatican, power structure. That's what this elite globalist echelon is all about. It's all about supporting what's been ensconced and fixtured into place since time immemorial. For, for centuries and centuries, they think that somehow the Pontifex Maximus, the occult throne of the papacy has some kind of esoteric sanction of the divine, you know, so, so the sacred divine, uh, th though they use geometry in their architecture, oh, it's so magical. And, and so people are just swept up with the prevailing world order. And they're addicted to the nuances of it in as much as that you can see now that, that people have gone to great lengths and gone to great trouble to put together a propaganda network that would totally deceive and bury the American people alive under a mountain of deceit and falsehood. So we, it was important for us to, to show you some of the information that's out there. You have to go back and catch up with Jay Dyer yourself and do do his complete series on this. It's like several hours. And so if you want to get a complete picture of, of how it operates today. And we'll go a little bit further into it. We'll go a little bit more with it and show some more and, you know, kind of reveal some more of the, the reality of the facts here is that you cannot simply live as a psychopath in the demented and deluded presuppositions and false media narratives, right? Misinformation. And, and of course, these people over there telling us that we're misinformation, that we're false narrative, that, oh, Donald Trump's just a sore loser and that really Biden really beat him. Because, I mean, these people... We live, we live in the West, in the Western civilization now, in this state of sociological schizophrenia. We cannot come to any kind of agreement at all. And so this is a kind of a tectonic rift, a fault line that, that, that really <clears throat> begins to form and emerge across the American people and really across you know, world civilization, across nations. And so I think that these individuals are preying upon these Klaus Schwab's of the world, the aged, decrepit Soros's of the world with their pathetic, oh, cucks on, I'm a hundred times worse. The hell? So I think that we as the people that are slated to be destroyed, 
like cattle in a pen. I think that we, we need to get to, to work thinking hard for ourselves now before they close the window of opportunity to send a technotronic control grid, a cyber AI controlled digital control grid that we honestly cannot you know, find a way to work ourselves out of. And that's, that's kind of what's being planned, I think, and being built into place. These 5G networks, all these smart devices that are really just our prison guards, right? Monitoring us at all times. I think we have to start to become realistic about what is planned for us as we go forward and how we're going to be able to maintain pragmatic handle and a, a secondary security structure in our lives that's analog that can be broken down to camping and cooking bacon and eggs over a campfire with tents, strumming a guitar and hunting with the rifle and fishing with the down at the stream, catching trouts, right? I mean, that secondary lifestyle has to already be operating now so that once this other system is totally detonated and blinks out and the blackout hits, that you'll just have your natural course of your life, hunting and fishing and running your garden and making sure you got your water supply situated, making sure you got medicines. And that All that stuff has to be operating already. You will not be able to turn around and decide that you're going to start to plan your garden and, and get some antibiotics when, when the blackout hits. It could be far too late. So call it survivalist, call it prepper, call it whatever you want. You have got to be prepared on this secondary analog system already in place. Cash, silver, gold, you know, hard, you know what, what do people do? Thumb drives with coin uh, with uh, Bitcoin on it. I mean, you have to be prepped. You have to be ready to go when this transition happens. And imagine what else there is to think about, despite all this kind of speculating on the Illuminati, deep state, power structure, trying to kill us all off and depopulate. There's other things in play, too. I mean, you think about the electromagnetic field that's around the Earth. Apparently, is due for a big flip out and, and, and a switch out in the next 10 decades or 200 years or 20 years, or really nobody knows. It's, it's kind of overdue so that ultimately someday we could have a reversal of our polar north and our polar south and our geoelectromagnetic fields. And that entire grid could, uh, could be reversed. So what would be the consequences of that? Like what would be the fallout from that with that when that happens? Right? And that's something that's far, far out of the control of all the, the powerful people who can control the weather and do they, they can't control that. They, you know, they can't control volcanoes. They can't control ultimately asteroids falling out of the sky and taking out continents. Right? I mean, how, how much control do these delusional Klaus Schwab morons really think that they have over the, the future of the planet and so on and so forth? So we're just in this little rest period on planet Earth and these little power pigs. The great-great-grandchildren of all the little power pigs in the past are popping up and trying to make a name for themselves. You can see the, the disgusting pedophile worm, Bill Gates, like like squirming around uneasily in his chair, you know, doing his little thing about, you know, how, how, you know, we're all supposed to feel about what they're doing, trying to create microbes that can kill us and stuff. So I think that as a group, as a mass awakening consciousness, we should rush out to meet these people. We should, you know, how many w people would it take to pick up the car, you know, with them in it? Maybe like 80 or 90 of us, we could just pick their car up and just throw it in a lake, right? We, we, that, that's how, we, we have the power. We have to recognize we have the power. And now we're informing ourselves, we're learning, we have all these awesome teachers around us who have the ability to delve into the, the information and get it for us, right? They can fool all the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but they can't fool us, guys. They can't fool us. We're, we're going to be vigilant. We're going to pay attention and figure it out. And we're not going to give them an inch. So here we are. We're going to carry on here with this, this discussion a little bit more. And we have more to go into in our kind of 
exposure of how Operation Mockingbird was really the beginning point when the CIA is using the seizure, the seizure of the entire national government under this military government and this this new burgeoning emergency war powers. There was the Banking Relief Act, et cetera, under FDR and how that's going to ultimately segue into the CIA seizing control of the world and all the world's resources for these unseen elitist benefactors, and of course, the Georgetown set, et cetera, et cetera. So we're learning, we're figuring it out. We, we, we as a team, are beginning to have the courage to look into some of these difficult co- topics. We're not going to be cowed. When people say, oh, those conspiracy theorists, we're going to understand more deeply what is happening and what the, the, the work that's being done, the subterranean architecture of power that's being built around this decaying planned obsolescence of America. Right? So you have the World Health Organization, the United Nations and all that coming into play to take over. The, of course, we've been decrying the digital, essential digital currency. D- digital currency under blockchain could be good. It could be beneficial like Bitcoin. But other people are going to try to use that technology as a system of control and to basically turn it inside out and make it a system that can monitor every transaction. And so that's a completely obscene. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they always do with every technology that's developed is they turn it into an obscenity, into a, a massive, tyrannical, out of control, uh, you know, self-guiding organism and self-guiding principle of tyranny over our lives. And so we got we to gotta do away with that, guys. We got to recognize that it's all in our actions, and how we're living and the things that we're imbuing with power. Like, why should there be a billion people on TikTok? If you people have that on your phone, have some courage. Stop being such an American traitor and such a sellout and such a coward. Go ahead and take TikTok off your phone, whatever it's doing for whatever masturbatory function that it has for you in your life to give you some kind of like aneurysm or neurotic mental illness or whatever it's doing for you. You, you need to sacrifice that addiction so that you can rejoin the collective of people who actually are, you know, have America's good and America's future in mind. And, and, and the good of America's future in mind. So let's carry on. We have some very interesting other articles and audios to, uh, to to peruse through here. And we thank you for coming back once again. And this is just another classic syllabus journal entry. And we're going back to kind of kind of our roots here, getting into some of the material and getting into some of the research. And uh, lately, we've been seeing that their efforts to destroy Trump are failing. And despite all the, the mockingbird corporate pablum that the, uh, the media and the social media networks are putting out, uh, I think you can see that ultimately the American people get it by and large. Their efforts to twist how we think, how we look at each other, use politics as a dialectical weapon against the American people is failing. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not e- even into this red versus blue thing. I'm just trying to find a pathway to restore America to what it was just a few years ago. And, you know, <laughs> and you can see now that the knives are out. Right. This is a this is a war to the finish. These deep state actors are cutting America's throat and trying to pour all these foreign invaders into the country. And they're going to go to desperate measures in the next 11 months to try to make sure that they shake America up in some kind of catastrophic way and suggest that they can't hold elections. Well, they, they can't stop the elections. Right. And we have to make sure that you, Washington, D.C. never becomes a state. And actually, the District of Columbia itself needs to be undone. The, the statue, the bronze statue of Albert Pike, that the Antifa queers ripped down, needs to be ripped down again, officially. All of our monuments need to be put back up, including Thomas Jefferson. And we, we need to just reverse the order of this because we're the American people. We can choose to do so. We know consciously we're doing it and we're getting together, even though that the field of our energy might be separated over many miles and many districts and counties and states. That won't stop us from operating together and learning together and having the courage to confront what is an organized 
conspiration, an organized combination designed to bring American people, the American people into this destitution, this slavery, into this marked system of monetary bankruptcy and indebtedness. Election denier. 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 The Louisiana lawmaker has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. The Louisiana lawmaker has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson is a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson is known as a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson is known as a vocal supporter of former President Trump. The lawmaker is a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. He played a key role in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Johnson was a key congressional figure in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He was also a key congressional figure in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He played a key role in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He played a key role in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Played a key role in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He was a key congressional figure in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Played a role in the failed efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Mike Johnson is every bit the flamethrower that Jim Jordan is. He just wears a pair of glasses and dons a Clark Kent disguise. CIA declassified documents, Operation Mockingbird. It's absolutely real. We have the documentation. .gov sites you can go to and confirm. Operation Mockingbird began with wiretaps and just using a few journalists to have code words inside articles so that they could communicate covertly and send information to each other, I'm assuming internationally, and then soon expanded the Hollywood movies and then basically control of the entire media structure that we see today. So if you listen close, you're gonna hear just a clip of Hollywood explaining it themselves to you. You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir. It's interesting that Hollywood and, uh, you know, the clandestine services are both spend most of their time convincing people that something that's not true is in fact true. And philanthropic causes or political causes, which people may or may not think are good. Mostly, I think it's, you know, self-serving and kind of designed to be that way. Watch any big budget war movie or take in a spy thriller and you could walk away not knowing just how much your movie experience was shaped by the Pentagon or CIA. However, a trove of official documents obtained under U.S. Freedom of Information laws and published this year detail the dealings between filmmakers and intelligence officials at Langley, Virginia, the CIA headquarters. Probably the best known are Zero Dark Thirty and Argo, uh, but they've also assisted the television show Homeland. How do we deal with homegrown violent jihadists? Does it matter who owns your local TV station? There's no question about the fact that Mockingbird is real. It started out paying journalists in major media's Pulitzer Prize winning journalists to print fake stories uh, that the CIA wanted in the press and fake interviews. And this was revealed in the church committee. Do you have any 
people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. And of course then the CIA destroyed the rest of the files, which is what they do. George H.W. Bush came out and finally made the statement about Mockingbird. Well, we're going to officially stop the Mockingbird program. The CIA will no longer pay journalists to write stories. From now on, the program is voluntary, which means Mockingbird continues today. When's the last time you've seen a mainstream media outlet do a serious investigative report on the actions of the CIA? Today? Well, I... Yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 The Joint Chiefs proposed Operation Northwoods Tom, which would involve killing a lot of Cuban American civilians in Miami. They were going to plant bombs at, um, you know, at shopping centers, etc., in order to blame it on Castro to give us a pretense for invading Cuba. And you know, the the people who were proposing this were people like General Louis Lemitzer, who was the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Curtis LeMay. You know, these people who had been uh, um, the uh, the stalwart, you know, heroes of World War II. And here they were, you know, in the Oval Office, telling my uncle, you know, we're going to we're going to kill Americans in order to um, to to uh, create a pretense for invading Cuba. And he didn't comment. He walked out of that meeting in the middle of it, in the middle of the presentation. And he said, I think it was to Arthur Schlesinger, but he famously said as he was leaving, and we call ourselves a human race. Mm. You know, he, uh, he realized that he was, in, he was surrounded by people who were determined to go to war, who saw not a, a war with the Soviet Union not only is inevitable, uh, but desirable. And, they, you know, they, their justification was we got to go to war with the Soviets before they catch up to us, you know, um, before they close the missile gap with us, because we had more missiles and more bombs than them at the time. And, you know, in one presentation, they did the math to my uncle. They said, because my uncle said, how many people are going to die in this war? And they said, well, we're going to kill 130 million Russians and we'll only lose 30 million Americans. And that to them was victory. Mm. And my uncle was like, you know, <laughs> are you kidding me? So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, he had been in war. And he also, one of the advantages of having served in World War II is he was, you know, he was the captain of a PT boat. Um, but they were, um, they, they were he, he shared the enlisted man's 
skepticism and cynicism about the about what they call the salad brass, the upper brass, the brass with all the you know the salad on there, you know the the medals, etc. Right um, on their on their uniforms, and so and you know if you're an enlisted man in uh, in the Navy in the Pacific, you're constantly questioning what your bosses are ordering you to do. Sure, because a lot of it makes no sense when you're actually on the ground and you're being ordered to do things that make, you know, make no sense. So he came out of World War II and out of the Pacific with a, not with a reverence for the upper, you know, brass, but with a real skepticism toward it. So, and then two months into his presidency, um, he, they, the same guys came in and convinced him to go into the Bay of Pigs. Nixon had planned the Bay of Pigs, but had been smart enough not to execute it. So they had trained almost 2,000 Cuban, you know, I guess you, you called freedom fighters or mercenaries, depending on what side you were on, but they had trained them in Guatemala and Florida and Texas, Louisiana, and they had armed them. They were mainly, a lot of them were idealistic um, people. Some of them had served with Castro in the revolution and then become disillusioned with him when he turned, when he embraced, openly embraced Marxism. Others were members of Batista's army who were not good people. You know, they were, a lot of them were killers. They were torturers and snipers, but there was a wide range of people in that, um, in that brigade. And the, um, and you know, what my uncle said, my uncle initially said to Dulles and Lemitzer, Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA, I, I don't want to, I don't think it's the place of the United States. Whatever Cuba's, you know, at this point, there was no Russian military missiles in Cuba. Mm -hmm. It was just, we didn't like Castro. Mm -hmm. And my uncle was like, well, you know, he should be able to choose, they should be able to choose their own government the same way that we did. And so, you know, um, my uncle said to Dulles, at that time, we, I don't feel comfortable going into Cuba and displacing their leader, even if though we don't like them. Mm. And he said, well, number one, we've already trained these guys. And if you don't send them down there, they're going to cause problems right here. They're armed, they're trained, and they're going to cause a lot of problems right here in the United States. So you've got to send them down there. And then he also told my uncle, he said, there's so much discontent in Cuba against Castro that as soon as those guys land on the beach, there's going to be a revolution that will throw Castro out. And my uncle was skeptical about that. And he later found out that it wasn't true that Castro was enormously popular in Cuba. My uncle said, you know, to get, when he was sending that, when he was trying to get the Bay of Pigs prisoners out of jail, he sent two of his aides down, uh, John uh, Nolan, and, or Joe Dolan, and uh, James Donovan. And they spent six months with Castro every weekend. And they go would go with him. He would go to baseball games, and when he would walk into the stadium, everybody in the stadium would stand up spontaneously and cheer. And they weren't doing it out of fear. He only had a couple guys with him—a really good security team, but very small. And they came away convinced that he was beloved in Cuba at that time. 
And, you know, because people that hey, suffered terribly under Batista. Mm. And so the CIA knew that, and they were lying to my uncle. And when, um, when the Bay of Pigs occurred, it, what they thought, what Dulles thought, is this young president, we'd hoodwink him into allowing the Bay of Pigs invasion to happen. My uncle refused to get allow the Navy to transport the Bay of Pigs. He didn't want the military to have anything to do with it. So how did they get over there? They took United Fruit and Standard Oil, you know, uh, provided boats so that they could go land over there. And so when they got stuck on the beach, my uncle walks out of the meeting and he said, I want to take the CIA and shatter it into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the wind. And then he fired Dulles. He fired Cabell, who was the second command, and he fired Bissell. So he fired the top three guys at the CIA, but he knew from that moment that he could not trust his intelligence apparatus and he could not trust his military and that the function of the U.S. intelligence agencies was to provide a constant pipeline of new wars and conflicts to feed the military-industrial complex exactly as Eisenhower had warned. And then he spent three years fighting against his own military and intelligence apparatus and ultimately died in that endeavor. U.S. military leaders propose in 62 a secret plan to commit terrorist acts against Americans and blame Cuba to create a pretext for invasion in the ouster of communist leader Fidel Castro, according to a new book about the National Security Agency. Now, they signed on to this plan, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the CIA signed on, the NSA signed on, Library of Congress, we have the documents. New York Times reviewed James Bamford, 2020 Executive's book, I interviewed James Bamford, his interview on the radio has been turned into access to air. I don't know when it's going to air. They talk about blowing up airliners, the government, the U.S. government, and blaming it on Cuba, and I'm no fan of, of, of Fidel, but you don't turn into Fidel to fight Fidel. And Kennedy said no. When all went to Kennedy, agreed, everybody said, yes, let's do it. Kennedy said no. Six months later, he was dead. Baltimore Sun. NSA documents released. This is what they're releasing. There is another very important phase of warfare. It has as its target, not the body, but the mind of the enemy. On infiltration instead of invasion. On subversion instead of elections on intimidation instead of free choice by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy and ruthless conspiracy so let's continue going through our list of historic government conspiracies tonight let's take a look inside the u.s military plot to incite a war with cuba operation northwoods So, Operation Northwoods called for the CIA to attack U.S. military personnel and civilians so they could blame it on Cuba's regime. In the early 1960s, the United States turned an increasingly nervous eye south. Where communist leader Fidel Trudeau, I mean Fidel, I mean Justin Trudeau, I mean Fidel Castro, sorry. Well, he had just risen to power in Cuba. And so, determined to end his reign, the United States government came up with several false flag attacks under the banner of Operation Northwoods. The Classified Plan, organized under the umbrella of the Anti-Castro-Cuba Project, or Operation Mongoose. Well, it proposed a number of ways that the United States could fake a Cuban attack against America as a way to justify U.S. military intervention in said country. Military leaders suggested staging attacks at Guantanamo Bay, sinking ships full of Cuban refugees, 
and even staging the shooting down of a civilian aircraft. However, Operation Northwoods was more than just idle scheming. It was a concrete plan co-signed by the Joint Chief of Staff and presented to the office of President John F. Kennedy. This is the story of Operation Northwoods. By 1959, Cold War tensions between the Soviet Union and the United States were nearing a fever pitch, and it was at this moment that Fidel Castro came on the scene. And then in 1959, the communist revolutionary Fidel Castro overthrew the United States-backed Cuban leader Fulgencio Batista, and therefore established Cuba as the first communist state in the Western Hemisphere. Americans, who were accustomed to worrying about the distant threat of the USSR, suddenly had a communist country just 90 miles off the coast of Florida. The Cold War, it seemed could get hot. One should not forget, Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev said in July 1960, driving the point home, and I quote again, that now the United States is no longer at an unreachable distance from the Soviet Union as it was before, end of quote. And from that statement, U.S. policymakers got the message, and so as they publicly declared that the world would not tolerate international communism in the Western Hemisphere, intelligence organizations got to work behind the scenes. American intelligence first set out to neutralize the Castro threat, with of course the Bay of Pigs attack in 1961, which at the time was developed under President Dwight D. Eisenhower. However, when that plan failed, U.S. military leadership decided that it was their turn. In 1962, one particular individual, General Edward Lonsdale, the chief of operations for the anti-Castro Cuba project, or more commonly known as Operation Mongoose. Well, he asked the Joint Chief of Staff for, and I quote, for a brief, however precise, description of pretext, which would provide justification for military intervention in Cuba, end of quote. And so, in response, the Joint Chief of Staff, led by General Liminster, well, they produced Operation Northwoods. And so on March 13, 1962, they presented Operation Northwoods to Defense Secretary Robert McNamara, which was actually approved by the Joint Chief of Staff, and the document in question outlined a number of ways that the United States could incite war with Cuba. One of their plans suggested inventing, and I quote, well-coordinated incidents in and around Guantanamo. The plan was to make it seem like the United States base was under attack. To make the attack seem credible, Operation Northwoods suggested using rumors and quote-unquote friendly Cubans, starting fires, and of course conducting mock funerals for the quote-unquote victims. Another individual proposed a, and I quote, a remember the Maine incident. And of course, this was referring to the USS Maine, which blew up under mysterious circumstances in Havana Harbor in 1898. And to any history buffs out there, it was this historic false flag that gave the United States justification to go to war with Spain. However, the 1962 version of this plan, Operation Northwoods, proposed, and I quote, well, it could be arranged in several forms. And so, in these documents, they say, and I quote, that the U.S. could, and I quote, blow up a United States ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba, end of quote. However, that is not all. Yes, they also detail how they could blow up an unmanned vessel and then conduct a fake rescue operation. However, once again, that is not all. No, they also detail how they could use the Mockingbird media to their advantage. And I quote, casualty lists in the newspapers would cause a helpful wave of national indignation, end of quote. However, once again, that is not all. A few other suggestions from Operation Northwoods involved developing, and I quote, a communist Cuban terror campaign in Florida, and perhaps Washington, D.C. Again, I quote, they had plans to sink a boat of Cuban refugees, real or simulated, end of quote. 
And then from there, they also detailed plotting public attacks on Cuban refugees, exploding bombs, and planting evidence that suggested that Cuba was plotting an attack in South America. However, perhaps the most ambitious plot in Operation Northwoods involved a civilian airliner. And so this plan proposed, and I quote, orchestrating an incident which will demonstrate convincingly that a Cuban aircraft has attacked and shot down a chartered civilian airliner, end of quote. The airline in question could be quote-unquote charted by fake college students or, or, and they actually say this in the document, any group of people with a common interest. And they also state that they could convincingly paint it to make it seem real. However, in the end, Operation Northwoods never got further than a memo. That is, uh, that is until 9-11, because it seems very similar, doesn't it? Anyway, according to ABC, President John F. Kennedy told General Lemonster directly on March 16, 1962, that he had no plans to use any sort of force to take Cuba. And so, let's get into the denials. The reason that these documents were held secret for so long is that the Joint Chief of Staff never wanted to give these up because they were so embarrassing, end of quote. And so this individual right here, Mr. Bamford, told ABC, and I quote, that Operation Northwoods was one of the most corrupt plans ever created by the U.S. government. And while that may be the case until recently, very, very recently, but I believe what we're currently living through is going to supersede Operation Northwoods as the most corrupt plan ever devised by the U.S. government. Yes, it is true. I believe what we're living through right now, the Great Reset, the COVID agenda, and everything else dystopian that comes with it. Well, yeah, look, I think this is going to go down as the most corrupt and sinister plan ever created by the U.S. government. And that is saying something. However, I will concede that besides what we're currently living through, Operation Northwood certainly seems to be at the top of some of the most sinister plans ever devised by the U.S. government. Anyway... Anyway, they went on to say, and I quote, The whole point of a democracy is to have leaders responding to the public will. And here, well, this is the complete reverse. The military trying to trick the American people into a war that they want, but that nobody else wants. End of quote. And really, if you think about it, ever since the Bushes came into power, well, that kind of seems like the modus operandi of the U.S. government. They, of course, did this with Iraq and Afghanistan after 9-11, which is very, very similar to their plan for Operation Northwoods. And now, of course, the U.S. establishment is doing it once again, this time with Russia, China, and Ukraine. After all, of course, war equals profits, and the establishment of a new world order. Anyway, let's continue. Although most of the key players in Operation Northwoods have since died, John F. Kennedy, of course, was assassinated in November 1963, those close to the president have flatly denied any knowledge of the anti-Castro plot. And I quote, I've never heard of Operation Northwoods, never heard of it, and don't believe it, Theodore Sorensen, Kennedy's White House special counsel, told the Baltimore Sun in 2001. And I quote again, Obviously, it would be totally illegal, and as well as totally unwise. And so you have to ask yourself, was there a shadow government beginning to form? Or is this guy lying? I don't know. You decide what you want to believe. And then from there, we have Robert McNamara, who allegedly saw the plan before the president. And he also denies knowing about it. And I quote, I never heard of it. <laughs> and I quote, I never heard of it, he said. And I quote again, I can't believe the chiefs were talking about or engaged with what I would call CIA-type operations. End of quote. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't believe them. 
And so the legacy of Operation Northwoods is appropriately mysterious. Although it does reflect Cold War tensions and fears about Cuba, it also reveals what methods the American military brass were willing to consider. Had Operation Northwoods succeeded, they noted, and I quote, that the U.S. would have imposed military rule over Cubans. And a general in the U.S. military said, and I quote, that's what we are supposed to be freeing them from. And I quote again, the only way that we would have succeeded is by doing exactly what the Russians were doing all over the world, by imposing a government by tyranny. And basically, it's exactly what we accuse Castro himself of doing. End of quote. And yes, the deep state, the administrative state, the intel agencies, the military brass, the U.S. establishment in general, well, they still follow this playbook. Projection. Accuse others of what you are guilty of. And it does seem to me that they took these plans for false flag attacks, dusted them off, and are now using them in the modern era as well. Some things change, and some things never do. And so, I believe it's fair to say that the establishment and the global powers that be, well, they certainly never change. When you know about Operation Northwoods, you know that the government in 1963 was literally planning on blowing up a jet airliner yeah. and blaming it on Cuba. They were going to arm Cuban friendlies and attack Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. They us into a war with Cuba. This was signed by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're like, I like it. I do like it. deception. Yeah. I like what you're going to do. You're going to kill yeah. people? Woo! Yeah. Let's go to war, baby! Go to war. If they did that, in, what was it, 62 or 63? Who knows how that's evolved? Right. Why, why wouldn't that evolve? Everything evolves. Okay, technology evolves. Our understanding of uh, bi biology evolves. Everything yeah, evolves. Here we are, guys. We're back with Wendy's Boutique, wendyslimited.com, wendyslimited.com, and the hottest boutique couture online, boutique supremacy online, Wendy's Boutique. So we've got to remind you guys, wendyslimited.com, our great sponsor. Please go and support her and support uh, all the hardworking folks over there that are trying to bring you the best fashion design and designer brand name labels anywhere. So we just have to remind you that wendyslimited.com, Wendy'slimited.com is where you need to go. 